have a dog. <laughs> no, let her bark at her. Give you her love. Give, her give Priscilla, Priscilla love. Are you recording? Brand new podcast, everybody. And all the dogs are in the man cave. Oh, yeah. Pris- Priscilla, Mona, and Izzy. Oh, Izzy. Welcome, Izzy. Welcome the camera. We right. got another bull mastiff. Our fawn brindle bull mastiff. She is absolutely adorable, but it has not come without headaches in this household. Am I right? Yes. If mom is not on duty, they pee. She pees in the house. Listen to Pris. But if mom's on duty, listen to Pris. She's yep. better, and Pris is not super thrilled. Yeah, you can almost see it in Pris's eyes. Like, why would you do this? Like, we were happy. Why would you? Why would you invite invite another animal in this house? We have three chickens. I was cool with that. We have a stupid cat. And this rescue dog, I was the only purebred. And now you bring my competition in. You can't improve on perfection. You can't. Priscilla is such a great fucking dog. She but is. This Izzy dog is. Oh, look. She reached over to sit on my lap. I remember when Priscilla was a baby and she came into this podcast and sat on Bill Burr's lap for the entire podcast. I don't think she wants to be in your lap. I think she's either. afraid of Priscilla. Yeah. Let her be. She's okay. Body Shots World Tour picks up again. This weekend, it's Madison, Detroit, and Kalamazoo. Second show added in Kalamazoo. Uh, swipe up to get tickets. <laughs> what? I'm so used to Instagram. Swipe up to get tickets. And then Kansas City, the weekend following, we've added a show in Kansas City. There's tickets available there. Omaha, tickets available in Omaha. But uh, it is a blast. I'm having a blast on this tour. I was first weekend out. Thank you so much, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Kaboo, I apologize to everyone. I fucked up the Starbucks joke. I fucked it up because I wanted to drink and watch Dave Matthews. And that's the price you pay. But the rest of the show was fantastic. It gave me a really, it was a really learning lesson. And Arizona, that was the show of a lifetime. I, I performed in the round. Do you know what in the round is, Isla? Go around? No, it's, it's, it's where the, Leanne, please get off your phone and, and, and hang out with us. I am, hanging. I am hanging out. No, you're not. But well, he's exploring your book stuff. Hey, 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 hey. Jesus. In the round, Isla, means when the stage surrounds you. The the audience surrounds you. Oh, so you like your butt's out to someone and then your face is out to other people? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh, dear. The guys, that's Izzy trying to get involved. I would like to say today's sponsor, I flew out to San Francisco wearing really yeah i love them they're comfortable as shit it's figs figs is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for people who deserve it the most for years nurses doctors dentists other awesome medical professionals were forced to wear scratchy ill-fitting scrubs they were not only ugly they were uncomfortable and they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools figs i should let you wear my figs because they I, i slept in them one night on the tour bus. That's weird. No, they're like they're like uh, really stylish sweatpants. If that they're, makes sense. They're nurses' clothes. They're comfortable as shit. Stylish Isla. nurse clothes. I wore them. I wore them. They're to... really cool. Yeah. They they don't look like that's the nurses point. Clothes. That's that's the point. Exactly what Figs is saying but is when nurses... you say nurses' clothes, you think one thing. Figs is changing that entirely. Did you not read the beginning part of this? Did we not listen to me when I said? They are updating and making them more stylish and functioning for the people who deserve them. 
And did you know, Isla, Figs is made with yoga waistbands, and they come in a variety of styles. A variety? From, a variety. From classic straight-legged to joggers and skinny styles. I wore the skinny style. I wore it at Pebble Beach. You did? Oh, uh, yeah. And Dad goes, those are good-looking sweatpants. I go, they're not sweatpants, Dad. They're figs. Figs gives back, too. Every time you shop at Figs, they give scrubs to a healthcare provider in need around the world through their Threads for Threads initiative to date. Figs has donated hundreds of thousands of sets in over 35 countries. Speaking of giving, Figs makes, makes a great gift for the lifesaver in your life. If you know someone who's a dentist, a nurse, a doctor, or some other great medical professional, Figs gift cards are available. So the next time you want to say thank you to them, say thank you by sending them Figs. You will love Figs. I love my Figs. I, I, I It's so funny. I think Segura, when we first started making the decision to wear sweatpants on planes, Segura was like, hey, man, can I get you the best pants you'll ever wear in your entire life? And I was like, yeah. And he sent me a pair of figs. I didn't know they were already a sponsor on his podcast. Aww. And then I got mine. I can't. I love them. I love them. So whether you're one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thank you to the deserving folks, figs is going to make it that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using my promo code, BERT. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W. E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com and enter my code BERT at checkout. I'm telling you, comfortable as shit. And I wonder if it's because I'm getting older that I think of comfort, you know? Maybe. Isla, do you think of comfort? No. That is a lie. That is such a lie. Well, You are the comfort kid. It depends. depends. How so? Talking to the mic, please. Some people like soft comforting things i like rough uncomforting shirts that's a lie no mom am i right she likes the like thicker less expensive t-shirt as opposed to like the trendy cut tri-blend oh really t-shirt she likes the like gildan regular t-shirt that's her favorite it's like it's it's really heavy and thick do you think there'll be a time where you want to show off your body no you sure gonna wear Sweatshirts for the rest of my life. Sweatshirts? Oh, Maybe you'll wear some figs. I'll get you a pair of figs. Oh, you will? Yeah. Do they have them in here. like... Berg? They got them in Berg. <laughs> oh. Uh, today's guest on the podcast is Taylor Tomlinson. And I have a hard time talking to Taylor about grown-up issues because I think of her as like a little sister or even closer. She reminds me so much of Georgia. She reminds oh. me so much of Georgia. So much so that when she wears... I can see that. When she wears... May, well, so Taylor toured with me yeah. for uh, probably three years, two years, when she was a young lady. I mean, she still is a young lady, but she was brand new to a the baby. game. A baby. And I had I had told... I think I even commented on one of her pictures on Instagram. It was like, hey, young lady, I don't like the makeup you're wearing. And so I have a hard time seeing her as an adult, and she... This is an intense podcast. This is what I love about Taylor is she is all cards on the table. She has got a show in Portland where she's recording her Netflix special. This is super important because they're not giving out Netflix specials to just anyone anymore. And Taylor Tomlinson is shooting her Netflix special. That should speak leaps about how funny she is. She used to tour with me for my audiences and my audiences absolutely loved her. If you saw my last two year two years I've been touring in clubs. Then you saw Taylor. She's the cute young girl who murdered said sister wife. 
Her special is shooting in Portland, November 10th at the Aladdin Theater. There are two shows. So go out, bring your wife, bring you can bring your fam, your your parents for Christ's sake cuz she's that good of a comic and she's not really dirty. She's look, don't go in. Obviously she toured with me, you know. But um go out and support her Portland. Go watch it, her taping. You're going to love it. It's all new material. She was on Netflix already, I think on the on the stand-ups, correct? And November 10th at the Aladdin in Portland. Go out and support her. I absolutely adore this young lady. Um, What we're about to have is a very real, awesome, intense conversation about loss, about uh, relationships, about trust, about uh, medications, about and what it's like to be a young woman in stand up right now, which, you know, I have a hard time visualizing and, you know, like things that just I take for granted. I didn't realize that someone like Taylor doesn't take for granted. Haley Ann, when you lean your head back, <laughs> like you're falling asleep, it, it you realize I have no one to talk to, and and you're really? you're you're replicating what I'm assuming the listener is doing, which is <laughs> fucking enough, Bert. You were talking to Isla. No, I was talking to you, and you're either on your phone or rolling your head back. I'm exhausted. I drove a dog home from Phoenix. I haven't had a minute of downtime. I'm sorry. I'm really tired. Taylor is awesome. She's a really great girl. She sat with us for at least an hour and a half after the podcast. Yeah. And we continued talking about a lot of the stuff that we talked about on the podcast. And I did not off one time. Yeah. So it's a fantastic conversation. Yeah. You're going to absolutely love it. I absolutely adore Taylor. Please go support her November 10th at the Aladdin Theater in Portland. She's shooting her Netflix specials, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, you want to say her name, Isla? You said ladles and gentlemen. (laughs) Taylor Tomlinson. This is I'm supposed to do something's burning. I'm just fucking. I did two last night, and we're set. We're like set well into November uh-huh. with them already. And I'm just like I'm set. I'm like I'm not sick, but I'm just fucking. I was sick, and I'm getting out of it. And I just want to sleep. Yeah. Tom and I have to do two bears, one cave. We do two of them tomorrow. Uh huh. And so. Yeah, I mean, are you just podcasting every day you're in town? Right now, I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the one I'm excited about. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are oh, that's rolling? nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm watching my little sister blow up. Oh, that's so nice. I straight up, Judy was like, "Would you want to do Bert's podcast?" I was like, "If Bert wants me to do it, Shut sure." The fuck. But up. like, no, truly, I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe he's like, what? I get much better people than that. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought I am so excited. I'm so excited. You you're doing uh, two shows in Portland. Mm-hmm. For your Netflix special, mm-hmm. you're one of the few people Netflix is giving a special to that is brand new. Yeah, you're doing an hour special, and we're here to sell tickets. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a good group of fans in Portland mm-hmm. that have have probably not seen you perform with me. No, no, I've only I think been Kelsey to Portland came with me once. Yeah, I've only been to Portland once. Back in February, I did Helium, and it was well. Great. This is at the front of the podcast. I will have already have said this. You are one of the, I just told Georgia, you're one of the funniest human beings I know. Oh my gosh, that means so much coming from you, you. seriously. The only reason I fucking worked with you is because you're fucking hilarious. You didn't party. You didn't party at all. (laughs) No, it was not because I was like, cool. That was not the reason. (laughs) You're fucking 20 years younger than me. (laughs) 
You're female. You got all the strikes against you. Yeah, but I kind of look like one of your daughters. You do. You, you look like you'd be Georgia's sister. Yeah, I've posted George. like Throwback Thursday photos, and people are like, "You look like Burt Kreischer's daughter." Uh, a lot of people say that. And then yeah. as you walked up, I was like, "Should I say something to Georgia?" And but I didn't want to say anything. And I was yeah. like, "Well, you don't want her to see me and be like, that's who you think I look like.' Like you don't <laughs> want her to be bummed." No, she'd be. Yeah. <laughs> you, you look great. You're fucking skinny as shit. Thank you so much. What? How do you? Are you dieting? Are you really? No, I'm not dieting. Show? I just was going through stuff. What were you going through? Uh, you know, I Stuff mean, you can't see you're you're an interesting little anomaly in this life. Yeah, because there are things you share that I'm shocked you share. Really? And then there are things that you don't share. You're kind of private. I'm so OK. So I feel like I don't I don't keep anything private. And I'm learning right now that I need to keep things private. And I'm curious to know what you're surprised that I share uh, that your your passion about wanting to get married. Really? OK, yeah. well, that's shocked. perfect because I called off my engagement a couple months ago. So that's what I've been dealing with. Uh, but uh, yeah, which, you know, not to get into the details of it, because like that's not fair to him and we're still figuring things out. But essentially, the the important thing is like, we are not ready to get married <laughs> and I am not ready to get married. And like, I really felt ready. And then I think beyond just like the issues we were having, which again, I won't get into, but the... Uh, the stuff outside of it, I was like, why, why did I get engaged to somebody that I hadn't been with for longer than a year? Well, I, you know, I was very interested in that. And, not, yeah. not, and once again, I'm not, I'm obviously, I'm always going to take your side on everything, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not picking sides. I'm not. Yeah. Putting, oh no, there's no uh, yeah, sides. No, no, I'm not, I'm not it's, saying yeah. that I didn't want you to get engaged. Yeah. I listened to you on Elliot in the morning. Shout out to Elliot. Yeah. And I was interested in your passion about getting married. Yeah. I was curious. I was like, I never, knew that side of you oh yeah at all and then it happened so quickly it mm -hmm. seemed to me yeah and and you were so i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this knowing that i've known you a long time and i feel like i'm i'm, I'm never gonna offend you i never mean to offend no. you but there was so many parts of you that i did not see like the fact yeah. that you guys had like matching shirts on and oh, like yeah. i was like wait who's this taylor i didn't know yeah, this yeah, person yeah. at all but wait so what was the like I mean, did you just get cold feet? And you're like, no, I think no, no. It's not like that. It was just like we again. I don't want to talk about specifics, yeah. but like we, some we had an issue, and then I, you know, didn't react to it well, and then we like basically just the the important thing about it is the last few couple months I've been like, oh my gosh, like regardless of whatever issues we have, the the important thing to realize is like. I just shouldn't have been engaged right now. I shouldn't have been it like It was an interesting We choice. were going we had a date like we were going to get married like May 30th next year. Like we were like and it was just like we were so in love we're like we're why not? Like let's just do this. And I'd never felt that way about anybody before and I've never wanted to be around somebody all the time. Yeah. And I and I do want to get married. I think being married is some, going to agree with me like i think so yeah i definitely think so yeah because it agrees with you like i've heard it's you very talk agreeable. about how much you love it I love and we are not similar yeah we're like you're you like to party and you're more fun than i am and i'm not fun so i feel like marriage will be even better for me <laughs> i'm not fun might be my favorite thing you've ever said <laughs> i'm that not should be a coffee mug i'm obsessed with coffee mugs these days <laughs> i'm not fun you yeah. should make t-shirts to say i'm not fun yeah I might. That's a great idea, actually. Why do you think you're not fun? Because you know what? Because I'm so careful, and I'm. 
I, I'm just really scared about getting like addicted or dependent to or to on anything. Anything. Yeah. Although, you know, I take an edible every night to sleep and I, you know, will smoke weed during the day sometimes now, but that took a long time for me to be okay with you, that. You were, you were looking forward to marijuana. I was. In a weird way. Like I, you, like you were saying it curious the way I said it in ninth grade. Like when I was yeah. in ninth grade, I was like, I got to try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were, I remember you were being like, well, I'd love to go on getting dug with high. Do you think that would be a cool place to get high for the first time? And I was like, Oh no, I think he asked, oh, or you, you said you should do it for the first time. And I was like, not for the first time. Like I'm too yeah, scared, but I'm yeah. like, but yeah, I want to see how it is. And I'm still really careful with that. But like, yeah, like my, I mean, this is a lot, but like my, my psychiatrist gave me a prescription for clonopin because I've been having like really bad reactions to like other anxiety and antidepressants that she's put me on mm-hmm. over the last six months, like physical, like messing with like my heart and stuff in a weird way, like just not great. And so she was like, I'm going to give you like 10 clonopin. And I'm like, and she's like, I was like, okay, but should I be nervous about that? Cause I'm, I've told you, like, I think I have, I have addiction in my family and I'm nervous about being addicted to something. And she was like, yeah, well, you know, you can't abuse it. Cause if you abuse it and then you stop taking it, you'll die. And I was like, and she's like, and you're going to want to take it forever. She's like, you're going to take a little bit and it's going to make everything better. And you're going to wonder why I can't do this every day. And I said, well, why can't I do a little bit every day? And she goes, because then you might get Alzheimer's. And I said, okay, so why would I go on this? And she's like, it's just a temporary fix for right now. But like she told me to take half of one. I took a quarter. Yeah. Oh, by night. the way, I've always been that. I've, I have Xanax and they said oh, the yeah. same thing with Xanax. They're like, Xanax will melt your brain. Yeah. So don't take it all the time. And I would, I mean, I, I have prescribed, I'm prescribed half a milligram and I've never taken more than a quarter. Yeah. Cause I just go, if, if I need it, if I, if I need it, if I, and by the way, there are times where I am spinning out of control. Uh-huh. My blood pressure's up because I can't, my mind's racing. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, I've needed it to, to chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I, and it will, it makes you feel like, so is it, my dad said it perfectly. The first time he ever took his Xanax, he went, is this what normal people feel like? Oh, so, yeah. Have you taken one yet? I a took one. I took a Xanax. I got that a couple years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. And I took one and I felt like, I just felt like my anxiety was smothered and I felt weird and I didn't like it. And I was just prescribed by a doctor. I wasn't seeing a psychiatrist and talking to my psychiatrist about it now because I was taking another anxiety medication and I said, that's how I felt again. And I was like, I think maybe I just am okay with that this time. What are you, what do you think you're anxious about? Or Everything. Or, but what, I mean, when I look at you, mm-hmm. you have everything going on in your life. Do you feel... I'll tell you things that I'll tell you things that made me anxious as a as a young person in this business, uh-huh. and I wonder if they're connected with you. I didn't feel comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. as a as a comedian, as a entertainer, as anything until about like four years ago. Really, I was very, very, very uncomfortable in my skin. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I, like, I couldn't have genuine conversations because other things would preoccupy my thoughts like i i couldn't sit with i mean i couldn't sit with people that were successful sometimes because i think I, I was thinking about this the other day i would think how how do they how do they not worry about money like how are they Ooh. how do they have so much money like how do you make money in this business yeah how do they not have any worries how do they do that yeah. like and I, I was doing fine su- successful but I was not comfortable. Like I, I mm-hmm. felt like I always had something to prove that no one 
and and um and when I did get opportunities, they would overwhelm me. Yes. And you'd be like, "Am I ready for this? Am yep. I not ready for this?" I mean, the truth is, if it's if it's happening to you, you're ready for it. You can't stop it. Well, I don't know. I wanted to talk to you about this because part of the reason I was like, I don't know if Bert would even want me on the podcast to promote the special because I feel like you've said a lot, and I I don't necessarily disagree with you that you're like female comics get opportunities too early and they're not ready for it. And my first thought when I got this special, I, I <laughs> cried for 45 minutes when I heard I got it. I was excited for about an hour. First off, I sent Netflix an hour yeah. in the hopes that it would prove to them I could do half an hour. Yeah. And the fact that we got the hour is, you know, honestly a testament to our manager, but no, I it's mean, not. no, I love you, it's, Judy. It's not, it's not, it's a testament to you. you. Know, that's it. But, but no, that no, no, was no, my no. thinking Judy's going got in. a lot of clients that don't have hours. She'll right. tell you that. Yeah. That's the truth. And um, by the way, I was one of them fucking two years ago. Right. Uh, I think Judy is a miracle worker. I fucking love Judy. I'm never no. talking trash about Judy. Yeah. But it's you. It's you're the one that got the hour. Listen, it's here's every, the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal. I do believe women get opportunities earlier and are thrust in situations that myself would not have been ready to do. Mm -hmm. But you don't have a choice. That's the fucking truth. Mm. You're going, you're getting dropped off on the beaches of Normandy. Right. And you just better be fucking ready for it. Right. Look, it's, you look at like, and I, I, I know I probably talked out of both sides of my mouth on this issue, mm -hmm. but you look at Amy and Amy at times, I think she probably bit off more than she can chew. But when they put her up for that hour, she was ready for that hour. That's the one thing yeah. you can do good. Yeah. But one thing, look, you may not be ready to star in a sitcom, write a book, and have a movie all in the same right. time. Right, yeah. That, you may not be ready. That's a lot. And mm -hmm. that's what I, maybe I need to clarify my statement, is that's yeah. what happened to women happens to women in this business, is Tiffany Haddish does, by the way, I love Tiffany. I love everyone. I'm just saying what happens is Tiffany Haddish does great in a movie. She's ready for that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people go, well, fuck, we don't have any more. There's no, we got one Tiffany Haddish. We know how lucrative a mm -hmm. Tiffany Haddish can be to us. We need to fucking spread her thin. Right. And I think that's what happened. That, that's what happens, by the way, to talent. And, yeah. Just and, and young talent. Young talent gets Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. Like he, the new hot thing. They're like, yo, we need to get this kid on everything. And mm -hmm. there are specific examples like Gerard Carmichael, who is fucking ready across the board yeah and can literally spin a million plates doesn't have drug and alcohol issues and and is ready for it yeah and the thing is how long have you been doing comedy uh since i was 16 so 10 years next year if there's one thing i know you can do well it's stand-up comedy yeah if there's one thing that i'd put my money on it mm -hmm. would be an hour special for you mm -hmm. and you're just an authentic voice you're very different they don't make comics like you anymore. Like, it just doesn't happen. No, it's they used to be, I'm saying, like, ones where you just, dirty guys loved it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know who's one of my favorite comics? I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to fuck her name up. Megan Mullaney? Oh, uh, uh, Megan Gailey? Megan, Megan Mulrooney. Oh, oh. It's Eddie Pence's wife. God damn it. I'm so fucking bad at this. She was Megan Mulrooney. We Google Megan Mulrooney. Um, she was someone who's just fucking flat out funny, mm -hmm. like just fucking funny, like you. Mm -hmm. And she could play to any crowd. You went up in front of how many fucking drunk, 
beer drinking, <laughs> marijuana eating, UFC loving, space alien believing fucking people. And not once did you ever have a struggle in front of those. Yeah, that's just, your crowds are like such comedy fans. Yeah, and you're a fucking straight up comic. You're not doing bells and whistles up there. Well, yeah. You're doing straight up comedy. Yeah. that's And that's what people love. And that's why you got the special. Because you do stand up comedy. You don't, you're not there preaching some fucking agenda. Because I don't know anything. Like that's that's the one benefit of of being young right now is that I can commonly just go, I can't weigh in on any of this stuff because I don't know anything and I'm stupid and I don't want to three years from now go, oh, I thought I knew and I didn't. Yeah. Like, I think I'm pretty self-aware in so, that way. So is getting special, does that give you anxiety? Yes. Oh my God. I, I seriously, oh, that's good though. I cried for 45 minutes just like, on my fiance's chest at the time, just like, I'm not good enough. I'm going to blow it. No, I don't not. know why they gave it to me. Here are all the people they didn't give it to that should no, have gotten no, it. No, I don't no. deserve it. It's that imposter syndrome. And it's imposter like... Imposter syndromes are very accurate. I've had yeah. that before. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you only felt like yourself four years ago. Like oh. that kind of shit terrifies me. It's it, but, it, but then the one day that you start feeling like yourself, you realize there's a lot of all that anxiety was good and all that anxiety yeah. drove you forward yeah. and and that not feeling ready for something is mm-hmm. the best feeling you can have right you will be prepared yeah it yeah, keeps yeah. you up at night look i'm not saying i'm not saying all i'll say is my showtime special i was ready for it yeah my last special i was fucking ready for it yeah like i'm so nervous about a special not being good that I am fucking ready for them. I know yeah. what I need to do in order to get ready for them. And it keeps me up at night. I can't, I get obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. I fucking am probably a little unhealthy, but it provides good. It provides the roadway road work. I need to get to where I need to get. Right. But then it's such a balance too. Cause if you run yourself into the ground, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Run yourself into the fucking ground. Yes, I have. I've consistently done that. No, you're young. You'll bounce back. Nope. No, I totally disagree. It's why I'm so careful about drugs and alcohol and sleep and all that stuff. Because like, if you already have like anxiety and depression issues, you have to always be monitoring yourself and making sure you're okay. What if you just, what if you just let loose? What, what does that just, mean? What if, what if just, I just became an alcoholic? No, Bert? it's not an alcoholic. It's just fucking cut loose. Why do you think that you having one drink would lead to alcoholism? Oh, I don't think me having one drink would lead to alcoholism. I think. By the way, I don't disagree with drunk. you. Drunk. What would I think if I knew what it felt like to be drunk? I've like tasted alcohol, but I'm like, why would anyone do this unless they were getting drunk? I could, I yeah, could have I a soda, like you know what that. I yeah, mean. I a, I'm drinking a root beer. It's my yeah. favorite thing in the world to drink is a root beer. That's what I'm I saying. Love root beer. <laughs> and then they made that dad's, that dad's, not your dad's root beer. Oh yeah. And I was like, ooh, I think I just found my home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm already trying not to have sugar, and that's not gonna put me in a meeting. So if I want to have a treat, like, let's just so interesting. Like what? I love that you said treat. (laughs) My life is defined by treats, (laughs) but what? Like I, it's always been fascinating to me that you feel like if you get drunk one time, then you'll be addicted because that's not, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think I just don't even want to mess with it. Because but, but, I don't want to find out. Because it's not it, worth it to me. It's totally that's totally that's valid. Like, it's in both sides of my family. I just feel it. In like how me. bad though? How bad though on both bad. sides? Like how bad though? Like, like bad. Like my like my 
grandpa drank himself to death, essentially. Yeah, but what, he grew up in what? Bakersfield in the fucking 30s? No, in SoCal. SoCal, where? But how? Think, what years? I think Whittier. I don't what did know. he do? What did he do? He was like a uh, frontiersman? No. <laughs> what did he do? I don't even know at this point. Now I'm like, I don't remember. But like, you don't compare yourself to your granddad. You're not your granddad. I know, but it's like I got. I'm not trying to convince you to drink. What I'm trying to convince you to do like you are. is let go. <laughs> right, but yeah, I don't know. I think there again, it's just it's a delicate balance of that because the older I get, like when I was younger, people would be like, "You should just let go and just drink and see if you like it," and you don't know. And as I get older, the more people I talk to, they're just like, "Yeah, don't even touch it. Like, don't even mess with it," because those people have gone through the ringer now. <laughs> even like people yeah. my age who are like in it right now, they're just like, "Yeah, just don't touch it." Like, well, I mean, I can say that with cigarettes, definitely. Yeah. Like, don't. I mean, there's no reason well, to yeah, smoke a cigarette. Don't ever, don't ever smoke a cigarette. And I'd say that with acid, with LSD, there's no reason well, yeah. to fucking do LSD. I, I don't think so. Right. Mushrooms, try them. I think. Um, I, I would, try mushrooms. I wouldn't before getting drunk or something. You would? Yeah. I yeah. just feel really strongly. And I'm sure it's part of how I was raised. And like my dad never drank. Like he felt really strongly about it. And and the times that I've, I've, I say this on stage, but I'm like, yeah, the only times I have ever wanted to drink is alone in a Holiday Inn Express. And That's, from what I- By the way, that I remember- you telling me that and I was yeah. like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Like, yeah, that's, that's not those... when you should do it. It's like if you only wanted to go skiing at night, it's like <sighs> then maybe just don't. That's not when you should do it. Yeah. So you should do it with friends and for the right reasons. And yeah. it's like, no, I only want to do it in the dark when it's just me. <laughs> and like, I just, I, I, yeah. When did when did you start noticing like depression, anxiety issues when in uh, your life? When I was probably probably after my mom. It was when I was like ten. My mom died when I was eight. And I think that's another big reason why I'm so careful is like she died when she was 34. This is very common, but a lot of like kids with dead parents feel like they're only going to live to be how old their parents live to. And once you survive past that age, you feel like this survivor's guilt. So I have that to look forward to if I make it. But it kind of informs your decision. I think it's why I've rushed certain things. And in some ways that served me where I'm like, I got to be successful right away. And then in other ways, you're like, you rush relationships or you rush big decisions because you're like, I only have nine years left. So you're going to live past 34. I mean, I, I think so. I know that logically, but like the emotional, the emotional belief, that's what's hard to break. And it's a lot of therapy and whatnot. But it, it there's just so much self-talk. You How have did to your do. mom pass away? She had cancer. Yeah. What kind? Uh, she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Ooh. Yeah, and then her her aunt died at thirty four. The same thing. So, do you get tested for cancer? Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten tested for the BRCA gene yet. I need to. What's the BRCA gene? It's to see if you have the breast cancer gene. Because oh, uh, if you have a, if it? you have a gene, if you have the BRCA gene, you uh you have like an eighty percent chance of getting it. So a lot of women will t- get the test, find out they have it, and then just like lop their boobs off if they do. Just like let's just nip this in the bud. Really. mm Hmm. One of my sisters got it. She doesn't have it, which is good. Um, And also it's why I'm so careful about like health stuff because like my mom had like night sweats for months and the doctors just kept going, it's hormones, it's hormones, it's hormones. And then it ended up being cancer. So you just like. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You got, you have such a heavy, you have such a heavy for such a light person. (laughs) You're such like, and you really are one of the lightest, funnest silliest like you're just a great comedian but there's a heaviness to you that i guess i maybe i didn't know i didn't know that your mom passed for mm-hmm. some reason i thought she was still married to your dad no my dad my dad got married to my stepmom like a like a year after really so they've been married they've been married a long time yeah and they're like a really 
compatible, great couple. Did you listen to Stephen Colbert talk? talk yes, to, I retweeted it. It was so good. It Talking was, about losing his dad and his brothers and grief. Yeah. And, and what he, he said something that all of a sudden you realized not everything's safe or something like. Yep, 100%. And that's how I felt since I was eight years old where I'm like, most people live in this bubble at least until like after college where you have this invincibility about you like when you're a teenager and you're like 21 and you're just like yeah i'm gonna get drunk and blackout because nothing bad's gonna happen to me that's what happens in movies and i have never had that i have always felt like yeah bad stuff happens and it can happen to us and you and so you have to be really vigilant about the things you can control which you know isn't much at the end of the day that's crazy. And yeah. he said it made him what what was interesting about that. And I listened to that and I've never I've never lost anyone, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but he said that what was interesting about that is he felt connected to humanity. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Did you feel like you like yeah. you were... Like I the only thing I could compare it to and it's it's different because one is very happy, obviously, but the way people talk about having kids, how it like opens up something, some part of them mm-hmm. that I don't understand because I haven't had them yet. You understand because you've mm-hmm. had them. You're like, I didn't know I could love someone that much. I didn't know that that part of me existed. It like engaged. It's like that part of you like lit up and, yeah. and stretched out. And I think really intense traumatic grief does the same thing where you find like parts of yourself that help you empathize with other people more and become more like focused and a little, maybe there's like a depth to you that I do appreciate now that I'm older, Mm -hmm. but you know, in some situations that makes it harder to connect with people who maybe don't have that yet. Like Mike, I mean, not to, I'm not to say that we didn't connect or anything, but, Mm -hmm. but like when you see salt, when you, when you were around someone like me who literally is almost like carpe diem, fuck it. This yeah. is all, gonna last forever, guys. Yeah. What are you talking about, Pat? Let's go. Let's go to a strip club. Right. I mean, what was that like working with me? Where you were like, "Yeah, I'm not like," because you would go back to your room and work, mm-hmm. and I would go out to a cigar bar or do a strip club. Yeah, I think I envy that. I think I envy and admire that about you because mm-hmm. I I don't feel like I can be that way because of the the fear I have probably so deeply ingrained in me. Um, and again, in some ways it's really helpful and it helps you focus and be successful and whatnot. But like, I'm sure on some level seeing someone so successful who is able to live that way and really, you really seem to enjoy every part of life and be very present in a way that maybe I haven't figured out quite yet. I have moments of being like present, but for the most part, I I feel like I'm either thinking about the future or the past. I, I have a lot of trouble just being in the current moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a different, it's a, just a different thing. Like I, I tend not to connect with people who are, yeah, out partying or whatever as much, because for me, I'm like, they're, the stakes are higher for me. You know, that's to me, it's not just fun. That, that's insane. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around because mm-hmm. I wish I had more of you. I wish I had more of, I wish I was more careful. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just... I just recently, this past month, everyone will have heard this me say this a million times by now, I'm sure. But I was home, and I've I always say to myself, you know, I'm going to be home for a little stretch. I should get healthy. Yeah. But I really took it to heart this time, and um, I've drank very minimally, and I've lost, I think now about like 13 pounds, and I and I'm feeling a lot better. I got although I got a little sick at 
I had a cigar the other day and immediately it fucked my allergies up and I got a chest infection. But I started saying to myself, it's for the first time, I've never, I've never thought this way ever. But I started saying like, what if I've done some irreparable damage to my body Mm. that won't, I'm not going to bounce back from like I was worried about my blood pressure. So mm. My blood pressure was bouncing all around, and I was like, and and I rode a bike from LA LA to or Philadelphia to uh, Atlantic City. Oh wow! And I was, and I have normally been very good at physical activities, but for some reason, and I had been partying, mm-hmm. and I hadn't slept, and I had flown in, and I just had a really hard time with this bike ride. And that night, I just had like. My toes were numb after the bike ride, mm-hmm. and I was like, and they weren't getting back to normal. And I was like, and I came home the next day, I took my blood pressure, and it was really high. And I was like, and I've been flying all day, and I was like, all right, I I've been thinking like, and and, and now obviously my blood pressure is a hundred percent fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for people that are maybe concerned. But I went to the cardiologist, and I got all the tests run, and he's like, you got to lose some weight. You know, your liver's getting fatty. You got to lose weight. Fatty liver's not good. That turns into all a bad list of bad diseases so you need to lose weight and i started going what if i've done irreparable damage and i started looking back at times where i just was not worried about the future at all i remember Mm -hmm. i i think of one time in particular where me and steve byrne got into a car in washington in seattle at at like four in the morning to fly home and i had a 12 pack of heineken's and i drank six on the ride to the airport and Steve was laughing and I was laughing. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I don't know, Steve. Like I really, all the times I just said, and especially it's like you start hanging out with older people who are having ailment issues and you see them like guys I know that have done a lot of Coke and they're older and then their, their hands are shaky or they're not, they're looking more feeble. Mm -hmm. And I started going, well, I don't want to be an old person. I don't want to be why, am, why wasn't I more careful when I was younger to take care of my body and treat it like a temple? Mm-hmm. And then you start, look, my neighbor is, was, is 70 years old. She's the age of my mom. And she has a, she, they just put a ramp into her room. She was a legit, when we moved in here, she was a hardcore alcoholic, but was coherent. Oh, wow. She would drink a box of wine every night and smoke a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And I celebrated it. And in my head, I was like, I was like, fucking get after it, Mary. And yeah. And then I was like, that's my canary. And now I'm watching her and she has to wear a big belt. And the guy yeah. holds her by the belt when she walks. She has a walker and she can't see well. And she doesn't even know who I am anymore. And it's we've only lived here like fucking seven years, eight years, yeah. nine years. And I start and I go, I wish I was more careful. Like I start yeah. saying that. I go to spin class and I notice that like that like there was a time where I do spin classes and I felt I loved the challenge my body felt. Now I'm like, fuck, get me out of here. Mm. Do you do you do you think you're gonna look at life and go, I wish I wasn't more careful when I was younger? You wish like it was Do you think I you're gonna I, see the I wish flip I was side? less careful? I wish I wasn't more like like be Maybe, married. yeah. I I don't know. That's that's the question I'm always asking myself is and I had those questions while we were engaged where I'm like, oh I hope I'm not making the mistake because my dad my mom and dad got married when they were both still in college my mom didn't finish uh my dad was finishing like when they got pregnant with me and was like really stressed out you're the oldest yeah i'm the oldest which is another part of it i'm sure but yeah, i'm uh, sure it is yeah and like they got married at like 22 
And, uh, you know, and my dad's always said, like, wait till you're at least 27 to get married. And I've always been like, yeah, that seems right. Like, I always wanted to get married when I was 30. And I think, honestly, part of it was like, I want to get married before career stuff gets too crazy. Yeah, too late. I, but like, uh, I, think, I think that was a factor. I think part of me was like, before I have. No, that's so uh, silly. Things go, you know, no, I want, I want the stability. I want somebody there, you know, and why, I. Why? Your fucking life is about to be so fucking fun. I know, but I'm, again, it's, I'm, I crave stability more than anything else. Really? Yeah, I, I really do because. When your parent dies super young, you're like, oh, cool. So that can happen. The person who's supposed to be there forever, gone, got it. And then my dad got remarried and then she got cancer a few years later. Holy fuck. Yeah. And she was crazy healthy, like so healthy, so thin. So like just doing everything right. The doctor told her like maybe she was eating too much tofu and that maybe that contributed to like estrogen or something for breast cancer. I mean, she beat it, obviously, but like just I've seen so many people get cancer that I go like cancer's come for everybody. So even if I'm super careful that, so why would I even tempt fate further? Like, all right, then I'm going to do whatever I want. Cancer's I coming like, for everybody is fucking hilarious. I feel like I was, there were like eight months, maybe like six months of, of this, like, like February to June of this year. I was the happiest I have ever been in my whole life. I really? felt totally safe and loved and stable and like everything was going great and like my career stuff was happening and relationship stuff was happening and I found my person and I did all this shit and I'm like, I'm gonna have kids in a few years. Like all these things were coming together. I could not believe how lucky I felt. And the whole time I was like, I was having horrible nightmares about all the horrible things that could happen. I was having like so much anxiety where I'm just like, the other shoe's gonna drop because I don't, so, you know, everyone listening right now can identify with that. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, when things are going great, you're like, well, when's the hammer falling? Yup. Yup. Everyone feels that. Halston deals with uh, depression. Yeah. He's talked about it yet. He didn't realize he was dealing with it until he did a podcast with Leanne. Really? <laughs> he was just listening and this woman was talking about what depression was and Halston's like, motherfucker, Whoa. I've got depression. Yeah. That's crazy. He's talked so about crazy. it on Leanne's podcast. I don't know if he's ever talked about it on my podcast. I'm sorry if I just outed you, Halston, but you edit it. You edit the podcast if you don't yeah. like it, take it out. Yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, and I I don't know. I definitely know I definitely deal with depression, but I think I do I, I must not have it like bad. Mm-hmm. Because I'm because I don't I can get past it pretty quickly. But you have panic attacks and stuff. Hardcore. Yeah. And I have catastrophe thinking. Yeah, me too. Where I start. I mean, I, I, it, I, it, it can, it can be somewhat overwhelming where I start to, um, spiral out on the silliest things and, 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 uh, and it makes for really shitty parenting sometimes. Like, really? we got, yeah, we got into a knockdown drag out fight last night, like a legit, probably one of our family's biggest fights last night <clears throat> because I bought these stupid fucking Tada swords. I don't know what they are. They're, I don't know what they are, to be honest with you. <laughs> Georgia knows what they are. Georgia saw them. She wanted one. I bought three of them. Meet one for me, one for Isla, one for Georgia. And then we get them. And we basically, I don't know what you do, but you like let them go. And then they go like a like a saber. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, they, and then you can push them back up. And Isla opened hers. 
staring at it and it hit her in the face and hit me in the back of the head and i thought it cut her nose off like i thought it split her nose and i and i don't manage i don't manage well yeah and and she was scared yeah georgia was georgia was laughing yeah which makes isla upset yeah i think isla is seriously injured on my watch because i bought these stupid fucking things right and it spun out of control so fucking bad yeah and the only one that held it down was leanne and she had to like fucking put us all in our separate corner it was really nasty but it's and then and then there's a part of parenting that is absolutely terrifying Mm. i would all i would i would argue it's not even worth ever having the kids i kind of feel that way sometimes i want them so bad and I don't know if I can handle it. It. I'll be honest with you. I remember one time we were at my parents' house. My parents have a pool. The girl, Georgia was, I think it was just Georgia and Isla maybe had just been born, but Georgia mm. was walking. And I was sitting in the thing. I wasn't around the girls. I didn't know where they were. Le- I thought Leanne was with them. And my dad goes, who left the goddamn door open? God damn it. Is she in the fucking pool? And in a, in a split second, I realized I'm about to go look in the pool. Oh. And if my daughter's dead, I don't, this, then none of this was worth it. It was, oh. I would rather never have loved yeah. than, than have feel the, feel this loss. Whatever that flood of in that flood was, was so horrific. And she was fine. And she wasn't in the pool. She was upstairs with Leanne, but the door was open. Oh. And I fucking, I remember thinking, why the fuck did I have kids? I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't need this vulnerability. Yep. That vulnerability is, and it does, op- but it does open a side of you that, that until it does, you don't know what it's like and it's really great. And then it sucks. And then one night your fucking daughter opens a sword in her face and it, you think yeah. she loses her nose and you're going, oh my God, what am I going to do with a, I got a parent, a daughter without a nose. Like, oh, <laughs> a parent a daughter without a nose i mean it's fucking terrifying it's terrifying having kids it's terrifying living life it is you feel like do you feel like there is some sort of aversion therapy training that would maybe help you um i did some of that in high school in in high school because after after my mom died i i didn't know i didn't know that anything was like weird about me or how i was handling things but i became very very terrified that i was that me and my sisters were going to get, or something would happen to my sisters mostly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get kidnapped. We're going to get murdered. I used to like, I had insomnia all through middle school, high school. I would like pace up and down the halls of our house thinking if I fell asleep, the house would burn down and my family would die. Like all that kind of shit. Had no idea what was going on. Was severely depressed when I was like 15. And like my best friend at the time was like, I think you have depression. Cause she had that in her family. And so she knew, I didn't even know that was a thing. And she's like, you should probably see someone. And I told my, my dad that I was like, I think I need to see somebody. And by the time I saw somebody, she was like, she was like, you, she's like, you are depressed. She's like, but it's because you're so anxious. She's like, you are so terrified that all these things might happen or, or whatever. She's like, you are depressing yourself with your anxiety. She's like, they all go hand in hand. And that made a lot of sense to me. And she, we had the most helpful thing 
that happened with me going to her um, and I started going to her right before I started doing stand-up and like stand-up helped so much. Yeah. And in therapy, she would say like, well, what are you afraid is going to happen? And I'm like, we're going on a road trip this weekend. I'm afraid my dad's going to get out of the car and someone's going to get in the car with me and my sisters and we're going to get carjacked at a gas station and I'm going to have to save my sisters and like all that. And she's like, okay, so let's pretend that happened. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. She's like, yeah, but let's pretend that happened. What can you do? Is Are they going to hit a stop sign? Can you jump out of the car? I'm like, then my sisters are in the car. They're like, okay, can you get the license plate? Can you do it? Like all these things that you could do in that situation that helps you like take control back, which helped for a while. Yeah. And I think now my brain's wired to do that. And that can be its own unhealthy spiral where you have to learn to go, I can't control any of that. So I just need to like not think about it for a minute. And I, I got into a pattern, I think of going, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? And I go, okay, well, these are all the things I could do if this happens. Okay, so these are all the things I could do. It's fine. And then you you just spend all of your free time catastrophizing and thinking about what might happen and it isn't happening. And then if it does happen, you're like, okay, well, this is what I decided in my head would happen if this happened. So this is what I'm doing. Regardless, regardless of what it is, well, this is what I'm doing. And you just like, that can be its own, like you don't assess, you don't take a minute, you're just, you're like, I've been terrified this whole time and it happened and I knew it would and, th- th- okay, all right, like it's, I knew it. I'm so stupid that I thought the universe would let me be happy. Like all that stuff just. I used to, I, I still to this day think if I don't pay respect to uh, to the, the the things that terrify me, I don't, if I don't give them the respect of being a little terrified of them, then they're yes. going to happen. Yes. Like if I don't, if I don't respect the fact that I could die on this plane, then if I just go, it's just a plane flight. Yes. There's so many successful ones. If I don't yep. pay respect to the fact going, this might be my last day on earth, then if I don't pay the respect, then I die. I feel that so hard. Oh my gosh. Yes. I always think that I'm like, if I don't expect something to happen, it will. Because yeah. that's what happened when I was a kid. I was like, I never thought my mom was going to die. And then she did. And I was like, okay. So I guess from now on, I got to whack all these moles That's before oh, they pop up. Fuck. I wonder how many people are listening to this podcast right now going, I am so that person. Yeah. I am if you are, I'm so, so, so sorry. No, but I think that I wonder if there is more of a population of, because I am that person, but I am also the person that lives life a tad bit callously and goes. Well, and you've not, you haven't lost anybody. So maybe if you had lost somebody, wood. you'd be totally different. I don't know I who lost. I would have been yeah. if I didn't lose a parent. Like, I would probably, I'd be totally different. You think? I think in a lot of ways, probably. But how much of your dad's, how much of your dad's parenting was him losing his wife yeah. versus who he was before and after? Oh, I think, I think after my mom died, he really like, I think he did kind of revamp his life a little bit. I mean, he got, he had a new job and a new wife and he was kind of a new person and at 34, which is young, a lot of people get married the first time at 34 mm-hmm. and he's trying to be what we need. I don't think my dad started dealing with the fact that he lost his wife until like this year. Really? Yeah. And he's told me that he's been like, yeah, he's like, I just didn't have time. He's like, I had four daughters who were all under the age of 10 and my wife died. He's like, I just, I didn't have time. How the I had fuck to go back to work. Meet someone to marry with four daughters. Here's what's so crazy. So the way that he and my stepmom met, my stepmom worked with my grandma, my dad's mom, in Southern California. We lived in Northern California, and you lived in Northern. Yeah, we lived at the in time Modesto. Did you always live in Modesto? Uh, Escalon and Modesto. Life? No, up until I was uh, ten, and then we moved to Temecula. Okay. Yeah, because my dad got remarried. So 
my stepmom just heard that my mom was sick through my grandma, heard what our family was going through, whatnot, Christian giving church. She just like gave us like gave us money for like hospital bills. I don't even know how much, but um, after my mom died, my dad was like calling people saying like, hey, thank you for doing that. Really appreciate it. All those things. And they started talking and like her engagement broke off and then they were talking and he like took some time to figure out if he was ready for that. And like, they just, you know, 10 months later they're married. And really? my, like, here's a great, my dad, my dad's religious. So he like, wouldn't, he wouldn't have sex before marriage. And he was a music teacher. He had no money. He had four daughters all under the age of 10. I'm like, how, how fucking smooth is my dad that he let, and my stepmom's hot. Like she was, she was like Celine Dion when they got really? married. Like, oh yeah, she's so hot. And like, I'm like, this guy would not sleep with you. He's got all these kids. And she had like, so she had like multiple houses, like a boat. She lived in like what? this house. Yeah, she's like a really successful real estate agent. She had all this money. Really? My dad had no money. He won't have sex with her. He has all these kids and all this debt. He's paying off my dead mother's student loan bills still and her hospital bills because those don't die with you apparently and you're just like how did you manage to be that like that's that's how much game my dad has it's so funny i don't want and when i think of your dad i do not think of game at have you all. met you haven't met my dad no, I, haven't met, I haven't met your dad but the only the only thing i know i want to say your dad's my age but the only thing i know yeah i think my dad's 50 i'm yeah i'm 46 yeah, yeah your dad's my age mm-hmm Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Have you noticed that you're hearing or, or seeing a lot of more ads for socks? Just a few years ago, it feels like no one was talking about socks. But why so much noise now about something we used to never care about? That is because one brand has absolutely changed the game when it comes to socks. Pay no attention to the pretenders. The only brand you need to know or care about, the brand that started it all, is Stance. If you're one of the millions of people like myself who have fallen in love with Stance and you already know and your feet know, things are not going to be the same for your feet for the rest of your life now that you know about Stance. The designs are absolutely incredible, but more importantly, they are insanely comfortable and durable. From Stance's casual everyday styles like no-shows and crews to their performance athletic products, there is nothing like Stance. If you've tried them, you know they're not just socks, they're Stance. In fact, that's why the MLB made Stance the official on-field sock for the league in 2016. I had more fun shopping for socks on Stance's website than I've had. I don't think I've had that much fun since I went shopping for hats because they really do have an authentic personality with them. I've got a pair of FSU Florida State socks. I've got a pair of Grateful Dead socks. And I got a cool kind of like hippie vibe hiking socks that like look they're like brown. They're like blue. I am weird. I get excited about this. You don't need to be a multi-million dollar athlete to rock stance. That same amount of precision and quality is felt in every sock they make, whether you're at work, school, home, or play. I really can't talk enough about these socks. They've got Pulp Fiction, Colt, Toy Story, Kid Cudi, Star Wars, Rihanna, Marvel, Carhartt, Wu-Tang. You know what Wu-Tang is, Isla? No. Rick and Morty, Grateful Dead, Billy Eyelash. Oh, ah. I'm getting a pair of Billy eyelash socks. You're weird. This brand not only feels good on your feet, it makes your heart feel good too. From their annual support of Socks for Heroes, which sends fresh socks to deployed military, to collabs that have raised money for clean water initiatives in Africa, 
to California wildfire victims, breast cancer awareness, and their annual sponsorship of the World Adaptive Surf Championship. It's awesome to see how much Stance gives back. You can buy them, buy the pair, or sign up for a subscription that's based on your preference and customize your timeline. Imagine a few pair of fresh, comfortable socks magically show up in your doorstep when you need them. There's a reason Stance changed the sock game forever, and I want you to try them for yourself. That is why my listeners can get a free pair of socks with purchase at stance.com slash Bert. That's stance.com slash Bert. Because if they're not stance, they're just socks. Today's podcast is also brought to you by ARC. Whether it's a job interview or your dating profile, your (laughs) smile can make the best first impression. But if your smile isn't as vibrant as you'd like it to be, ARC can help you feel more confident. Isla, shut up. (laughs) You brush your teeth every day. You even floss. Sometimes. I floss all the time. I I even You should start flossing. I don't really brush my teeth either. Isla, stop speaking. (laughs) But did you know there's another level of oral care? With ARC, you can remove stains that lie beneath the surface of your smile. ARC is a new way to achieve professional-level teeth whitening at home in just 30 minutes a day. Each ARC treatment includes dentist-approved enamel-safe whitening strips that adhere to your upper and lower teeth, along with ARC Blue Light technology. The Blue Light mouthpiece, ARC's around your entire smile, delivering targeted blue light energy to help weaken the set-in stains below the enamel surface, making the treatment more effective than just the strips alone. ARC can help you reveal a smile that's 50 times whiter than the leading whitening toothpaste, and they offer satisfaction guaranteed. And to help our listeners get a whiter, brighter smile, ARC is offering $15 off a purchase of a blue light kit when you visit arcsmile.com. Use the promo code BERT at checkout. Go to arcsmile.com and use the promo code BERT for $15 off your blue light whitening kit. That's arcsmile.com. Promo code BERT. arcsmile.com. Promo code BERT. This podcast is also brought to you by Honey. Listen. Nine times out of 10, shopping online beats the stores. I don't barely ever shop for anything electronic, books, clothes, shoes. I don't barely ever go to the stores anymore. It's all through auto line. I bought a drone recently, and it was just so easy. It was delivered right to my door. But did you also know that nine times out of 10, you're overpaying when you shop online unless you use Honey? Honey is a free browser extension that saves you money wherever you shop online. Honey finds coupon codes and other discounts across the web and applies them automatically. Look, I don't know how it works, but Honey saves me money where I already shop. Maybe it's magic. Maybe it's magic. I don't know. I got my drone and the whole rig much cheaper by using Honey. Just think how much money you could be saving if you used Honey. The average Honey user saves about $126 per year. That's like $126. $126. What is that, Isla? $126. No, but like, what could you buy for $126? Another dog? No, you couldn't. You could not buy another dog. I don't think honey <laughs> works with that. Black market. No, you're not getting a black market <laughs> dog. You could buy 25 cups of cold brew, a pair of AirPods, Isla. Oh, the EarPods? AirPods. Half off a college textbook. About $126. Dollar tacos. <laughs> Over 10 million people have already started saving using Honey, and Honey has 
over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. Time Magazine calls, honey, basically free money. That is why you, my listeners, there's no reason you shouldn't be using Honey. It's free to use. All you got to do is install on your computer in just two clicks, and it'll save you money so you can treat yourself to something nice. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Bert. That's joinhoney.com slash Bert. Joinhoney.com joinhoney.com Question mark, Bert? <laughs> slash Bert. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> How fucking bizarre is that? Yeah. You were traveling around with a guy on the road who's not only your dad's age, but another guy who's older than your dad, Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking insane. By the way, you fucking scored with fucking working with comics. Oh, I know. You couldn't find. I, you know, I always, you're my ace in the hole. If, if anyone ever comes out and tries to lie about me and say I'm a sexual harasser. Oh, or yeah, anything, no, call me. I'll tell I them. go, I go, no, I got, I, I, yeah, I'm, but you got two really solid dudes to work with that were, did never marginalized you. Never yeah. like how fucking lucky. And so different. And Very so different. like at the top of their game in their own respective, like genres of comedy. Very different audiences too. So different. Who did you kill harder in front of Brian's friends? Oh, yours for sure. Because his were like, you went up ice cold for 20 minutes. It's just you going yeah. up in a theater, ice cold. People are still like sitting down in some yeah. places. Um, but yeah, some of them were great. But also, you know, when I was working with you, you I feel like you had just started selling out clubs. I just started selling tickets. Yeah. yeah. So when I started working with you, it was like, I don't even think they were two person shows. There's usually a host before me. So I had like this yeah, great probably. feature spot. So it's a little different. And then when you're going to see a comic in a theater, I mean, I don't know if your openers now feel this way, but like there's a little bit of like at a certain point, people are kind of like, yeah, but where's, where's Bert though? Cause yeah. we're, we're kind of here to see Bert. Even if they're crushing, even if they're doing a great job, there's some people in the room going like, but where's, you know, which I'm so glad. Cause like the month before, Brian's manager reached out the first time for me to open for him. I had I had taken my dad for like a Christmas gift to see Brian Regan really? and his opener. I don't even remember who it was, but it was great. Did a great job. But at a certain point, like maybe like 15 minutes into the set, you're kind of like, but when's Brian coming? Yeah. Cause that's, that's who I've been listening to since I was a kid. Yeah. That's who, you know, your audiences, I'm sure are like, yeah, but we came to hang out with Bert. Like, you're great. Thank you. No, my, like, my fans loved you. Loved they were you. very. You're, I mean, your fans are great. I'm sure everyone. There, I got very lucky in that I accrued, I accrued fans from great comics. Like meaning, yes. like I, a lot of comics shared me with their audiences. Mm -hmm. Joe included, probably Joe number one. Mm -hmm. uh, but and and he had he had and has the best comedy fans. They're yes. comedy fans. Yeah. Um. But. And I think a lot of Brian's fans are comedy fans too, but a lot of them aren't. I think a lot of them are just Brian fans. Yeah, they're just Brian fans. Yeah. I think Brian's got a Brian's got a you can do a theater in the same town Brian's doing a theater and he'll still sell out. Yeah. It won't he'll, affect like you it won't he nothing affects his ticket sales. No. Um no. he's he's yeah, I I my well, not to pivot from anxiety and depression, oh, but no, I'm curious okay. about what was it like to go from hosting or featuring to headlining mm -hmm. like that first year that you started headlining I'm trying to think of 
the first. Because I'll tell you my experience, uh-huh. and, and I'm curious if you had it, is I had a lot of people wanting to prove a point to me that I wasn't ready to headline. Mm. Like I had a lot of men, um, especially black men. Black men were the fucking worst. Featuring for you? Oh, or? dude, yeah. black men. By the way, a couple of them I, I had rough times following, but I really respect. And a yeah. couple of them fucking still hate to this day. Yeah. And black men were not nice to me. Just across the board. How old were you when you started headlining? Um, um, Jesus Christ, how is this possible? 2004, <laughs> Georgia was born. I was 32 when I was he- I was headlining when Georgia was born. Um, but I got my first tour, like meaning like legit improv funny bone called and I'm doing like 30 sp- dates when Ida was born in, in 2006. So I was 34 when I first started legit headlining around the country. 34, right? Okay. But 32, 33 is when I started headlining and you'd get in, you'd get, I'd get fallout dates. Yeah. I'd get the date. Um, oh yeah. And, and it had to be before that too, because before I was married to Leanne, I was going in and doing Thursday and Sunday. And, and then like Kevin Pollock would come in or Louis CK would do yeah. Monday or Sunday, fr- Saturday, sun, Saturday, Friday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, but you would get a, a, in your thirties at 31, 32, 33, 34. I had a lot of rough fucking weekends where it was like someone wanted to prove a point. They were mm-hmm. 37, they were 40. They were going to teach me a lesson and mm-hmm. put my dick in the dirt. And it was, and and by the way, the clubs wanted, at the, the, the time, the clubs didn't believe that uh, LA knew what they were talking about with uh, headliners. Yeah. So you'd get sent out and they'd want to front, you could not bring anyone with you. You could never no. bring someone with you. And the club would put you with someone who would fucking try to bury you. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of people that, and then you'd meet really cool motherfuckers like Nikki Glazer came out mm-hmm. and featured for me in Richmond. And I was like, I didn't know who she was, but I was like, she's cool. Let's hang out. Well, I'll take you in and do radio with you. Like, it was just nice to be with someone cool. Yeah. Um, but what was it like for you when, cause you, you I mean, started it's only been like what, two years ago. Yeah. Like two, two and a half years ago. It hasn't been that long. And I mean, clubs still like just now I'll put in feature requests like a few months in advance and clubs will be like, Oh, we already booked somebody. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Like, so how how far in advance do I need to request this? Yeah. And my agent was like, probably like, yeah, just as soon as possible. A so I'm, year. I've put, yeah, that's what I've been putting in like for next year. It's just like, all right, well, can we get this approved now? But then other times they'll ask me the week of, like, who do you want? And I'm like, I would have loved to have known that. Nobody I want now is available. But um, yeah, I, you know what? By the I, way, that's bullshit. And the club, I want to just say this. Yeah. That's bullshit. The clubs, that's bullshit. They're lying to you. I know they are. They're lying to you because they want control. Right. And I have noticed um, not so much, not so much with the improvs because the improvs like I'm rep by levity. So I feel like they're a little nicer, but like there have been other clubs uh, that I won't mention, but there are other clubs that I definitely feel like they're like, yeah, you can headline, but we are going to book a road dog. Yep. who only does our rooms featuring and will like probably die featuring in mm-hmm. our rooms. Mm-hmm. And, but we know he can kill for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And we're going to make sure like, it's almost like they don't believe that I can do it. So that, they're it like, hadn't changed at all. 
Yeah. That was the... Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like I'm being suspicious sometimes. I'm like, you're being paranoid, but I'm like, I would be... But I don't blame those clubs for feeling that way. I am a 25-year-old girl. In some places, I was 22 or 23. Of course you don't think I can crush for 45 minutes to an hour. Of course you don't think I can. But And of course you want to make sure that I'm not bringing a friend of mine who also can't, and then it's a terrible weekend. I completely get that. But it does always kind of feel like, all right, how many times do I have to prove myself? That that idea of proving yourself. Ooh. It's like, do I just have to prove myself forever? Like, forever. do I just have to get forever. big enough? It's like, forever. Yeah, it's just... It's forever. You know, but I, but I understand why why people feel that way about me because i feel that way about me sometimes you you shouldn't and and you know what it sucks but it's nice to know there's a quality in the fucking workplace because i'd like nice to know that you know who had it worse than you wore me who tom segura really oh tom segura and no one knows this i don't i mean I i don't i'm i'm not sharing secrets but Tom hasn't been vocal about this. He doesn't talk the way the way I talk about shit on podcasts. He doesn't just open up like a book. Mm-hmm. The one thing I got to say that's so cool about Tom is that he's got a, a real, real distinct uh, set of, set of uh, pride in himself. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 prides himself for being a funny. He knows he's funny and he's talented. Yeah, I didn't know that about myself. I thought. I thought was that the, it's imposter syndrome. Yeah. I always thought like anyone any minute now is going to figure out I am not that good. Yeah. And Tom would go in and they would, and because, you know, Tom's low energy, he's not going up fucking like me, ripping his shirt off, drinking. I mean, I, I could, all of a sudden, I, I had to do a few rounds at the clubs or one round at the clubs and everyone liked me and they were like, oh, I can't wait till Bert's back. Bert, who do you want? You know what we're going to do? We're going to book a big drinking feature act so you have a good... So, like, after one round of doing the clubs, the clubs kind of were like, he's a good guy, he sells drinks. Yeah. Let's make sure he's happy. Um, but Tom, D- Tom, Ian Bag, they would just go in and they would do the work mm-hmm. that was asked of them. Not not sit and do a meet and greet, not really sell merch, not try to fuck anybody, which is inane. They're, they're blown away that Tom Segura is going in and being just a good employee and just going i'm gonna do my work and i'm gonna go back to my room i'm gonna read a book and go to sleep try to go to the gym in the morning i'm gonna definitely eat something definitely eat something and then come back and do the work again and he got put with fucking murderers that legit the club would go why don't you just let him host and feature and then tom you do an hour so you do 45 tom you do 45 and tom would be like so co-headlining but not calling it that yeah Oh, wow. It's such That's a never shitty happened to fucking me. thing. Yeah, I've never... Those stories you hear about people getting like switched and stuff, like I've never had that happen to me, thank oh, God. But oh. I've always been afraid of it happening, which is part of why I work so hard is because like I would be so mortified if I went to a club and they were like, you know what? Just have him do it. And like I've, I've had some really great features and stuff. And like as I've gotten more credits, I feel like people understand more. They're like, okay, you've been on The Tonight Show, Conan, Netflix. Like we get it. Like all right, I understand why you're headlining. But like when I first started, I didn't have as many. I could feel guys going like, why the fuck are you headlining? And it's not happening for me. You don't even have t-shirts you're selling. I have t-shirts, like all this shit. Like I have stickers. I put it like just, you can just feel it. Or 
I mean, I would make, I would go into green rooms going like, I know it's like, why am I even doing this? And they'd be like, well, it's good. You know, like that kind of stuff where you're like, all right, I was trying to get ahead of it. Uh, and I guess that's what this feels like. But also I've had plenty of guys who are like, I've tried to be self-deprecating and they go, don't do that. Like, no, you should be, you should be where you are. Yeah, you should. So it's, it's, it's not everybody, but yeah, those, those weekends that you do feel it where you're kind of like, I mean, I, if I were in your position, I'd probably feel the same way. So I, I can't be like mad at some guy who's been doing it for 20 years who just never, never mm. pops is just going to be a road dog forever and is probably a little bitter or upset Could about never it. understand that the bar at the club was not where you're supposed to be after the show every night. Right. There's so many of those guys and myself included, by the but way, it's worked been, out for you. Like that's, you, I think, I think it's not as simple as that. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna blow smoke up my own ass. Mm -hmm. But I, what I will say is that that panic that both of us have, mm -hmm. some guys do not have it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen them piss away their careers. Yeah. At the end of every night, I was literally only at the bar because I wanted the fans to know I gave a fuck. Mm -hmm. And I was hanging out with the fans and drinking. Yeah. Um, I drank regardless I was going to drink. But for the most part, I looked at this as a business. Yeah. More than I, like, I never went up on stage drunk. Mm -hmm. I never got, I mean, I, by the way, I'm sure I did at times in my career. I'm not, I can't say never, but I know for a fact that I would bring a drink on stage and that was how it, the night started. Yeah. I didn't go up. I didn't get to the club and go, oh, let me get a pop. Let me get a few beers before I get right. on stage. And I think a lot of guys looked at it as a, like a vacation and didn't look at it as a job. And I think I took a lot of other aspects of the career very, very seriously as well. Yeah. My material, my, my, you know, I took chances when they weren't like, people go, I take chances. I, uh, I made a rape joke last night. That's not a chance. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you, uh, they can't handle what I talk about. That You're not taking chances. Take a chance and tell us. I mean, I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest chances I ever took was telling the machine story. Fucking 12-minute mm -hmm. story and learning how to tell it. That's a chance. Like, take a chance and do something different. Yeah. And so I think that's, I want to hear, I just want to hear more horror stories of being ah. a young headliner. Because Well, and the other thing is when you're like a young female too, you, oh. there's a degree, you have to be safe too. So like, I couldn't go, you know, get shit faced at a bar with a bunch of people from the audience by myself because like doing a meet and greet is weird sometimes because like your lower back gets touched a lot a lot and like and sometimes you get touched too much by people who aren't even doing it in a weird way you get touched too much and i know this happens to you too but like <laughs> there are like moms who come up to you and they're drunk and they're just like touching your face and every part and fixing your clothes and you're just like i can't i can't do this in between two friday shows i can't have everybody paw at me and no matter how nice they are or how well-meaning they are and have like two creepy guys my dad's age talk this close to my mouth and then I have to go back up and think about that as I'm telling jokes about what I prefer sexually. Like, I don't want any of that in my brain as I'm going up and telling strangers all of the most private things about me. Yeah. Because like, I need to be able to do that to be good at my job and I want to be that type of comedian who's yeah. like open and honest. But, but it's going to make it hard if creepy motherfuckers are coming up like it's like I you're making me not want to do this anymore it yeah. doesn't feel worth it Dave yeah. like I just yeah. I don't know so it's it's even like I've been like renting a car more often because you just never know who they're gonna send from the club to pick you up you just don't know and a lot of times they're totally fine and then other times you a get times a weird guy a lot of times they're really not yeah like I, I don't think I think you're really underestimating or overestimating that sometimes they're really nice guys. Sometimes yeah. they're really not. 
Yeah. Sometimes they have fucking massive chips on their shoulders. And sometimes you get great people. Sometimes yep. you get great people. That uh, it's true. Um that I never thought about that. Yeah, but I'm like, I already got to go to radio with someone I don't know. So let's cut down on the airport trips. And if I need to go to Target for something, like, let's just make that all in my control. And like, maybe that's really fucking interesting. I never really, you know, I've I've thought about you going out on the road, but I never thought about what that, what the the actual logistics of that. Yeah. And if I have a feature with me, like I did a comedy club on state in Madison. Great club. Ago. Oh my God. Such an amazing Great club. club. Great club. And, uh, and Madison's really cool too. I'd never By the way, been. the fucking uh, two women that run that. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. That club and they is. run it very, very professionally. There's no check spot. They give out checks. Out. It's insane. One of the best clubs. One of my favorite clubs. Yeah. It's incredible there. And uh, they let me request a feature. I brought out Hunter Hill and there who's was uh he's a really funny comic. Yeah. He's he's an LA comic. He uh he's Eliza's opener. Okay. So he was out with me. We had a great weekend. We went to the farmers market, we had a water park, like we hung out all day. It was great. And then the last night we got in the elevator at night and there were weddings going on there, and there was a dude who was just fucking wasted, like some dude in his twenties. And uh he got he got in the elevator with us and he was Hunter's floor was like five. Mine was eight and the guy's was seven and the guy gets in after me and Hunter and the doors close and it goes up to five. It The doors open and Hunter just hits the door close thing yeah. and goes up and lets the guy get off. And, they, and I'm like, hey, thanks for that. And he's like, yeah, there's no fucking way. Like, there's no fucking way. I'm going to leave you, you in You know, elevator. I would have been like, see you later, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. So uh, I'm going to go FaceTime my daughter. I would have been oblivious Get to home that. safe. I would have been yeah. fucking oblivious to that. I would have been like, yeah. hey, he's got it from the rest of the way. Take care. Yeah. See you in the airport tomorrow. Right. But like, that was a that was a moment where I was like, yeah, I would have been real freaked out. And like, it would have been, who, who knows? Like, I'm not saying that guy would have done anything. Yeah. I'm just saying like, there's some like douchey broy white guy in his 20s wasted in an elevator with me at midnight who know like you know you just don't yeah, know you don't know and having somebody else there if nothing else just to discourage people from being weird to you after shows or whatever is like is something you know male comics just don't really have to think about oh you've seen me get sexually assaulted in lines right yeah no you're like i've been sex straight up sexually assaulted yeah yeah yeah. that's true but i mean you know you could overpower most I don't mind it. This you said really it happens. Crazy. Most women do it to you. Right? Most women, a lot yeah. of guys too, but uh, guys really fucking rub me the wrong way. I've had yeah. guys do it to me where it's an alpha thing, mm-hmm. and that rubs me wrong, oh. and I shut down pretty quickly. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and I've been an asshole. Uh, I don't mind women touching my body. I don't like people touching my belly button. That really freaks me out. Yeah, but like I remember we were in D.C. one time, and these le- lesbians were kept grabbing my dick. And I just was like, I was like, eh, I'm good with it. Like, yeah, you know, what am I going to do? Cause a stink about it. Right. But you're like, but at the same time, you're like, you know, and then other women see it and they're like, what the fuck are they doing to you? And you're yeah. like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to fucking wrangle this. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's bizarre. And it, yeah. I never even noticed it until the Me Too shit showed up. I never noticed it. Really? You're just like part of the job. I was like part of the gig. And, yeah. and I remember, you know, when that, when Terry Crews said, uh, this agent grabbed my dick. I went, yeah. You've never been around people that do coke? Uh, like, I was like, that's... You've never had an agent? I've, I've had so many people grab my dick. So really? many. Oh, yeah. 
I had a gay guy one time hug me. This is probably the most uh, sexually assaulted I've ever felt. He hugged me. We were both in, I hope that um, we were both in running shorts and he put his dick on my dick, like pressed them together. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, I don't think you're allowed to do that to people. It was so creepy. Did you say that? I don't think you're allowed to do know, that to people? It made me feel certain things. And I was like, what the? Like, it wasn't an accident? Uh-uh. Oh. He went, oh, come here. And he grabbed my butt cheeks and pulled me close. And I went, ah, it's good seeing you too. After a show? No. No, just outside? No, it, was, it wasn't even. It was in regular life. It was. <laughs> just didn't know who you were or anything? No. He knew who I was. It was just in regular life. Like, he just sexually assaulted me in out of nowhere. And it was, I was like, by the way, I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not putting light of what happened to Terry Crews, but like, right. I was just like so dumbfounded. Like, did yeah. that just really happen? But I would never turn the guy in. I, yeah. I mean, let him go through life doing that to people. But I think some women reacted to some of the Me Too stuff with that too, of just like, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, guys yeah. suck. Guys slap them away. Guys suck. Straight and gay guys yeah, suck. Yeah, they're just like, guys suck. Yeah, what do you expect? And uh, I feel like, was it was it Whitney or Amy? I feel like, was it Sh- Amy Schumer who had that in one of her specials where she was like, yeah, this, there's this new generation of women who's just like, have you guys been getting sexually assaulted like this the whole time? And they're like, she's like, oh yeah, I guess we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's... It's like relative. I feel like Leanne talked about that on here, right? Where she was just like about the Aziz stuff, where she was just oh, yeah, like, yeah, "Yeah, you had a bad date." Yeah, and like a lot of people had that reaction to oh, it. A lot of people. I think a lot of people, with the, especially with Aziz stuff, were like, "Yeah, yeah, that happens." Like, but it's I, hard because that stuff should change, and you do have to talk about it. But you also got to be sensitive to the fact that like some of these guys were never taught, so you got to like take the time to teach guys. Look in like, in Aziz's defense, he. I don't mean to be crass, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, and I don't mean to be mean, mm-hmm. but Aziz couldn't get pussy until he was a famous. You don't think so? No. Even when he was doing stand up and stuff? No. Really? No. He's what, fucking 5'2? Five, five, I've never three. met him. I have no he's idea. He's tiny. By the way, I've met him. I'm not trying to talk negative, but he was not, he's not a very pleasant person. He was, before he was famous, I met him, and he was just very almost like rude to me and Segura. Mm. Neither of us had a pleasant interaction with him. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. And so he, so I'm sure he didn't have fucking great game because he wasn't a nice guy to be around with just a man. Mm. And he wasn't. It's not like he's over the top attractive and he's a smaller person. Mm-hmm. And so that's why guys like that try to get famous. Like he didn't, oh. he wasn't just like a regular man who... Learned how to kiss a girl at like 15, I, 14. I don't know though, because I've known like really good looking guys who don't oh. realize that the no, no, way no, no, they no, just no, aren't no, considered. No, those are, there's, there's that, there's two ends of the spectrum. Okay. Guys who get pussy for the first time at 25 or 29 or whatever. Right. And then there's guys that are these fucking like alphas who have been walking through life like a bull in a china shop going, what? I can't just finger her through her pants? And you're like, huh? I, I think there's guys who, are in between that. I think there's guys who feel really insecure and go, I felt really insecure. So I didn't know how to talk about sex. And I'm like, then you probably did some stuff that they weren't comfortable with. You had to, I mean, you had to like, I think most guys you had to have 
cool chicks you had had the yeah. cool chicks that you hooked up with that were like whoa slow down yeah it's it's all communication that's yeah. all it is it's like a lot of times i i don't think but that's putting it on that almost in a weird way sounds like we're putting it on women to teach men how to behave no i think it's just got to be it's just got to be like better represented i think it is more and more like i i don't know if you've noticed as you've been watching things like there's more people going like Hey, do you want to stop? Is this cool? Like just real quick in movies and stuff. And women, I think, recognize it more when it happens. We go, oh, that's cool that they put that in there, yeah. <laughs> you know, because there there are lots of guys who like been with lots of girls like and they just they don't know they're supposed to talk. They don't know they're supposed to go. Hey, are you OK? They don't know they're supposed to talk about it. And you're like, hey, like that wasn't great for me. That kind of sucked. And they're just like, yeah. oh, I just I've never talked to anybody about it. And you're like, you've been inside people and you've never thought to go, is this, you good? You all right? Was that good for you? You've just always been like, I came, I'm done. You've been inside That was people. sex. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Like, if I bump into someone on the street, I'm like, do you need me to drive you somewhere? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that I <laughs> put there, you in this position. <laughs> there's people, there, there's uh, the, the amount of, I, I'm not a big sex guy, so mm -hmm. I, I'm, it's hard for me to speak about that at all. Mm -hmm. um, I just never, it was not, I'm never, I wasn't good at it when I started it. Mm -hmm. I was always embarrassed. I was always ashamed. Mm -hmm. So if I had sex with someone, suffice to say, uh, it was not on the first time that we hooked up. It was not mm -hmm. on the fucking, I just, I'm not good at that. I'm not. Right. Um, so I'm a bad, I'm a bad representative of, 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 of that. But I do, I do know that I had friends in college who you'd, hear them talk about sexual conquests and be like yeah sounded sketchy well and there are guys who just think they're supposed to act that way like and that just gets ingrained in them where they they just go like i had sex with this many people and i i feel like i should feel good about that or something they just feel like they're supposed yeah. to do that in the same way that someone grow up and feel like oh it sh my number shouldn't get too high it's just it's all bullshit it's I, all I, I, I think I, if I there was one thing I could share with young men, it would be like, "Hey, hold on to your virginity just a little longer than you think you should." Yeah, it's okay. It's totally yeah. okay. It's and so lose. many guys are like, "We got to get rid of this." Yeah, when I was fourteen, I was like, "I need to lose my virginity now." That was at my 14? most fourteen. At fourteen, when I got into high school, oh wow. was I? No, I was, was I fifteen? And yeah, I was fifteen. I was yeah. fourteen, turning fifteen. I was like, "I need to lose my virginity now." Mm -hmm. Stat. This is the most important thing on my plate is getting rid of this virginity. Mm -hmm. And I, I and I was in a panic until I was seventeen. I lost it when I was seventeen, and man, the second I lost it, I regretted it yeah. more than anything I've ever regretted. I I realized very quickly I am not ready for this. Oh. This is a grown up thing, and I am not a grown up. Oh. I just want to go back to being a kid. Oh. Fuck this! And and I had a I had a fucking not a good experience. Do you think you've oh. had more sex than me or less sex? Than no, me with definitely people? less. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Really? Definitely less. I know how many people you've had sex with. You oh, talked about it? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I listen to this podcast. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm talking about it a lot. Um, <laughs> I t there's uh, there's things I feel like I beat up on Aziz sometimes because I feel like he's a he's a bad example. He, his name always comes up whenever Me Too comes up because right. he kind of got. Well, that's the one people are debating. It's it's. I feel he's like the everything one, else, people are pretty. Everyone else is like, oh, Harvey Weinstein's a fucking. Yeah, creep. yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, that, no, not, I mean, not to, like, that's the reason people came to Hollywood, is they're dorks, and they couldn't get pussy, and this was mm. the way to get pussy. That was it. Yeah. I mean, the majority of people are out here just to get pussy. Very few people are into art. 
I know. I do always know when I hear stories like, cause like, you know, I have a lot of like young female friends who are in this business, whether they're writers or performers or just kind of in the scene or whatever. And they'll tell me stories about, you know, like famous people who they got asked out by once and like just the horrifyingly oblivious shit they did. And I'm like, Oh, that's just, those people have been like famous too long and didn't ever have to become like considerate for, I don't know. Or just connect with human beings. Yeah. It was about, I mean, I've, I've witnessed it. Famous people just being like, you're going to suck our dicks, right? And you're just yeah. like, who speaks to anyone like that? Yeah. I remember I had an experience where I realized I saw a young girl in a situation that she was quite compromised in. Mm-hmm. And I remember realizing in that moment, everyone just wants to be heard. Like yeah. everyone. She doesn't, she doesn't want to be a sexual object, despite the fact that that is how she made her living and that is her business. She also wants to be just like a cool person and be yeah. treated cool. And no one was doing that. They're almost laughing at her. Mm. And I was like, ugh. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. It almost really, I, I, I almost quit drinking that night. So I was like, I think alcohol is turning everyone into that. I think alcohol was pulling everyone's empathy away. Mm. And they were, and it was like treating people like shit. And I think alcohol was allowing her to let them treat her like shit. And I was like, this isn't cool. Yeah. But, they, but see, that's part of something that was so commonplace. Was they got a fraternity, get two strippers, they come in and strip for everyone, and everyone would almost be disrespectful to them. Mm. And and that was like the fun of it, I guess. And then the women were like, well, this is how we make a living. Yeah. Ass to ass. And it was like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of misogyny in my life. Yeah. I've seen a fucking dick load. I tried to have a conversation with Leanne about the basis of misogyny last night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run it by you. And okay. I think this could be a bit. Okay. I'm trying to work in a bit about misogyny because Halston and I had a very, uh, I, I feel honest conversation with Leanne, and she did not take it well. She okay. She was not a fan of it. But our, our, our point was the base of all misogyny, for the most part, is um, guys getting their heart broken or trashed by a girl cheating on them, and then they just shut down. They're like, "Fuck women," and then, and then all their friends. Who have been trashed jump in and they're like yeah fuck that bitch you know what you got to do you got to fuck a bitch just like her come in her stomach and throw a dollar on her and go take that whore and then you'll be over this other chick i mean that's like so many that's the when you're introduced to misogyny as a child as mm-hmm. like a it's usually when someone just got their heart broke as a guy or you got your heart broke that's how you get introduced to misogyny hmm. um and then my premise i had last night which I was a little buzzed. Is this what Leanne didn't like? The premise? She was like doing this the whole time. Oh, and I was like, okay, I'm working on a bit. Okay, let me see. So there's a certain age. My daughter's at an age right now where it there's no physical touching between me and them. Like uh-huh. I maybe get like a side hug. Right. They like lean in with their shoulder because I don't want their boobs to touch me. Yeah, you're a good dad. Yeah. And so they're like, I get a side hug. And if I, I, I ask for kisses... Mm-hmm. But I don't get a kiss. No, they would never kiss me. Yeah. Would never kiss me. And which is fine, I guess. Yeah. But um, I don't get a kiss on their cheek. I couldn't kiss anywhere on their face. I get a kiss on the top of their head. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and then I said, you know, I wonder if the roots of misogyny are natural in that when when women start to branch off from their dad. And by the way, my daughters will 
lay on my wife, hug my wife, kiss my wife on the cheek. My wife gets so much affection from these girls and I get none. And I, I go, I wonder if the roots of misogyny are natural that when a woman starts to get estrogen, nature pulls her away from her father, creating a distance between men and women. Leanne's like, you're out of your fucking mind. They love you. And I was like, yeah, but I don't get love the way you get love. By the way, I was just kissing him on the lips like five years ago. Like that, mm -hmm. you know, I could give him a kiss on the lips when they were babies. Right. And now, and then one day it's just not cool anymore. Yeah. And it's, there's this line drawn between a daughter and her dad where it's like, it's like you can go throw a ball with her, but you, and it's like, I'm just as affectionate as my wife, but I don't get it for my daughters. That was my, my, yeah. my drunken theory last night. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember when I stopped like, I don't remember when I stopped kissing my dad on the lip. Like that was like a young thing, but yeah. like my mom too. I wasn't like kissing my mom on the lips. Very old, but also my, my sister, my sister started kissing the girls on the lips when we had the little, when we had them as babies, uh -huh. we didn't kiss them on the lips. We didn't. Uh -huh. And my sister kissed my daughter, Georgia on the lips. And we were like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm giving her a kiss. And we're like on the lips. And she was like, yeah, where else were you going to kiss her? I was like, we've been kissing her cheek. And she's like, oh my God, don't fucking be weird about that. Really? Kiss them on the lips. And so then we started kissing them on the lips. Isla shut it down very fucking yeah. young. Very young. I was like, no, you don't kiss me on the lips. On yeah. the cheek, big guy. I think it depends on the kid too. Cause like I, I've, I've always like been pretty affectionate with my dad. Like I've always hugged my dad a lot. My dad's always hugged me a lot. Uh, Sit on his lap. Not not too old. Not like probably 13. not after I got my period. And I got my period at ten. Oh. When so, you get your period, that's when Yeah, that's what my grandpa told my dad. Uh, because my dad thought he was gonna have boys and he when he had me, he's like, What do you do with a girl? And my grandpa's like, Treat him like a boy till they're ten. Like yeah. this is all you do. And it's fine. But I yeah, I hugged I had like full, I didn't do like side hugs with my dad. I had like full on hugs mm. with my dad all growing up. So I don't know that I have the same experience. My but daughters. also, my mom was dead, and my stepmom wasn't super maternal naturally. Oh, really? So if I was gonna get it from somewhere, it had to be my dad. And my dad's my dad's very sensitive. He's like a very probably similar to you, like very affectionate and all that. So I don't I don't feel like that's that's what happened for me. But I have I have another sister who like even with me, she's like if you wanted to hug her, you had to like permission to approach the bench. What parts of your back can I touch? Because if you like touched a part of her back, she didn't want you to touch. She's like, I don't like it when you touch my back. She's like, wait, 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 wait. I want to go under, and you got to do this. Wait, why? And she what? decides when it's over. That's Isla. What, what, wait, what? What do you think happened? I don't know. I don't know. Does she now? Is she she's a, like a regular human being now? Yeah, she's totally normal. But she's still kind of like, she's not as touchy feeling. She's a little more like, yeah, we can hug. But if you go, you kind of have to ask her. Like, hey, can I have a hug? So wait, does she have a boyfriend? Yeah, she does. And he can touch her and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. Because Isla's like that. Isla, really? you cannot... Oh, fuck no. You cannot just go in and try to get a hug from her. You'll get kicked. Really? Is she yeah. very self-sufficient? No. Really? She's fucking useless. <laughs> You've heard me but talk she about very, her. She seems very independent from what you talk she's about. She's independent in her own brain. But she's not independent in life. Well, yeah, she's a kid. But I yeah. mean, like, is she like independently minded and kind of like I'm my own, I'm my own thing. I don't yeah. need anybody else. Oh yeah, that's how my sister is and she, was. She as a definitely. Kid. We had a knockdown dragout fight last night. Yeah. Where. So anyway, it's a long story, but it was the thing with the hitting her in the face. Yeah, 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 and 
tensions rose. She yelled at me. And I said, you're not allowed to yell at me. Yeah. I made her think about it. I went and shot something's burning, came back. I accepted my responsibility in the fight, told her I was sorry. Mm-hmm. She basically said, um, cool. I'm glad you're sorry. I feel like I messed up a little bit too. All right. And I go, well, I love you. And she's like, thank you. And I was like, <laughs> no. And then and we had a fucking fight that if you see her on the exit, you'll see the tension still. Yeah. Is that we could not get her to say I love you to me. And she's like, yeah. And then and then and then it, what it was, she's like, I already said it. We're like, you didn't say it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not saying it again. And I was like, she goes, trust me, I said it. And we're like, we were just sitting here. You didn't fucking say it. And she yeah. goes, well, I'm not saying it now. And we're like, and it was almost like defiant. Yeah. Some, I mean, my dad used to get really hurt by my sister, like not hugging him or like not wanting him. Oh my God. And I had to be like, I'm her best friend and she won't let me like just go up and hug her. Like, but, did, but how do you get through that? Cause we're having a hard time getting through that. I kind of feel like you just got to meet them where they're at. Like my, my sister, that, I know, but it's, I don't know send what to them tell you. To fucking uh, boot camp. I want to send her. I to, mean, if she's being like, if she's being like an asshole, that's one thing. Like she's, she's yeah, she's got to apologize for fun. yelling at you. She's that's not fun. cool. But she get we all get we all laugh. We all have yeah. a great time together. But you can't make her say I love you. You can make her be like you can be like, hey, you yelled at me, and that's super disrespectful. I'm your dad. How come I can't make her say I love you? That's not fair. It's I know, but it's kind of like making someone kiss you on the lips. No, it's not. It you is. Say, I say I say I love you. You say it right back to me. That's how it works. I, I especially if you love me. If you don't love me, you don't have to say it. But if you right. fucking love me, you say it right back to me. This is my fucking... We're getting into the fight I got into last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my fucking house. I pay for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The braces on your teeth, I fucking paid yeah. for. You like that bed? I paid for that. Right. I paid for everything. When I say I love you, you look me in the eyes and say, I love you too, dad. That's yeah. it. I don't ask for much. <laughs> fucking, this is the exact yeah. fight. She I, was like, I get that. I would feel the same way as a parent, I think. But... With a kid like that, I think some kids are just really stubborn and they're just like, no, I don't have to do that. I'm my own person. And like, I shouldn't be asked to. I I would have never said that to my dad. I would have never defied my dad like that. Georgia would never defy me like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Isla just stares at me. Yeah. Yeah. My dad used to get so pissed at my sister. My sister didn't do anything wrong. She like really didn't at all. But he felt like she wasn't quite she like he like didn't know everything about her and he didn't know how she felt about him oh my god and like it made him he would like get pissed at her and she didn't even do anything and i'm like meanwhile my other sister's like sneaking out and stuff but he doesn't know about that because she's so charming and she'll give him hugs and be like hi dad do you have five dollars like you know so what do you want you want the kid who's like oh my god smoking crack but says i love you to your face or do you want the kid who's like Look, I'll say I love you when I'm good and ready. I'm gonna go to my room and read. Oh my you know? god. That is so Isla. It's like a yeah. defiant. A very Georgia. strong sense of self. Yeah, I just want to break her. Right, but you can't. I want to break her like a horse. That's a dead end, because the the more you'll try to break her, the more she's gonna. That's what Leanne said last yeah. night. The more you try to break her, the harder her will gets. Yeah. We we one time I know I know I probably t- you've heard me probably try to talk about this on stage, but one time we lied to the girls and said we were sending them to boarding school. You ever heard me talk about no. this? No. Leanne and I were buzzed. 
we had been at a big party and the girls had gotten into a fight and I, I, I want to say we were asked to leave. I don't know if we were asked to leave, but we left the party mm-hmm. because the fight was so bad. The fight continued in the car. Mm-hmm. We got back to the house. This is when they shared a room. Actually, we were, we were adding on to the house at the time and Leanne and I were living in the living room and the girls were living in one bedroom and we went in and Leanne said, I don't know what to do to you, with you two. If you hate each other like this, I don't know what to do. And they were just dug heels in. They were going to fucking fight. <clears throat> she goes, maybe we send you guys to boarding school. And uh, by the way, I'm well aware we can't afford boarding school. Right. Like, I'm, yeah, like I, yeah. I, I hear the, I, I, I didn't call her bluff, but I went, okay, I know where this is going. Yeah. She goes, what do you think, dad? Do we just send her to boarding school? Maybe they'll learn how to love each other. And I was like, maybe. And immediately George is like, hold on. And Isla's, Isla's literally like, send me upstate, motherfucker. Like, ah! I can see it in her eyes. I mean, it was so, Isla cared so little yeah. about the idea of going to boarding school. And while George is melting down, and I like get on the phone, I'm like, let me check, see if they have any availabilities, mom. And I'm like, hello? Yeah, I have two girls for boarding school. Two girls okay. for boarding school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, hold on one second. Hey, Leanne, do you want them to share a room or different rooms? And she goes, different rooms. Let them see each other passing in the hallway. And I was like, two different rooms, please. And by now, George is like crying. She's like, Mom, Dad, I swear to God, I'll be a better yeah. daughter. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'll be a better daughter. And I was like folding clothes going, grab my suitcase. I'm ready to go. Send me upstate. I remember the look on her wow. thing was like, it wasn't until we told Isla you had to shower every day that she fucking melted down. So like, she did finally melt down? Yeah, she was like, I don't want to shower. I mean, I, I really actually feel really bad about this This parenting because we told them at that night okay you know what if you guys can learn to behave and love each other and work as a team then mom and dad and i won't send you to boarding school yeah and the next morning georgia came out and she was like daddy i'll be the best little girl you've ever seen just don't send me to boarding school and i was like oh my god baby have you been sitting i was like it was a lie we were just trying to break isla yeah she was like what i was like no wait baby we're not we're redoing the fucking house i'm building your own room like i'm definitely not sending you to fucking boarding school right but man she Georgia cracked so quick, and Isla was just like, okay. Oh, man. that I relate. That's me and my sister. My sister's, and I think that's why it freaks you out because you, like, you don't know how to, you don't know how to control a kid who doesn't care if you, what you do. If they're not afraid of you, you're like, I got nothing. That's why it's so scary to you. You're like, okay, so you're not afraid of me withholding love. You're not afraid of me sending you away. I have I got nothing. I got you don't. Nothing it doesn't feel like you respect me. Yeah. So wh- why would you do anything, dude? That one, I say. One time, Leanne, Isla was. We were at the lake house, and Leanne's aunts were both alive at the time, and they had paid for the furniture in the lake house. And Isla was wet and on in a bathing suit and jumping on the couch, and they said, "No, Isla, you will not disrespect that furniture." And she just kept doing it. And mm-hmm. Leanne went, "Isla, baby." You will not disrespect that furniture. Isla must have been five, six years old. She got off the couch, looked at Leanne, turned around and spit on the couch. <gasps> and I was like... Oh, wow. Okay, that's another level. I was like... My, none of my sisters are like that. I was like, mother <laughs> fucker. There's only one other kid that I remember. There was this story. This happened when I was in like first grade. Uh-huh. This is one of my favorite uh, personality-based stories. Louis Fagan was a kid's name. Pat Fagan was my friend. Louis Fagan was 
his younger brother. Louis was just mischievous, like at a at a young age, defiantly mischievous. By the way, oh, I shouldn't share that, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you later. Yeah. Uh, he went to Pat's school, and for lunch, and Pat was in like first grade, and he there was a microphone on the stage. And he went up and he grabbed the microphone. And he started singing in the microphone. And one of the nuns came up, grabbed him microphone from him, smacked him in the hand, and said, You do not you do not talk in this microphone. So then he went up and he grabbed it and he grabbed the microphone again and then pretended to talk in the microphone. And the nun came up, smacked him on the hand, put the microphone down on the ground on the on the stage, and says, If you touch this microphone one more time, I'm gonna smack you on your ass. She walked away, and Louis got on the stage, crawled on his arms and stomach over to the laying microphone on the stage, put his head down on the stage, right up to the microphone, and goes, "Sister," <laughs> and she. But I, but I remember that fucking story so vividly, of just defiance. Yeah. I never had that. I was very like, I'm very much a rule follower. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, well, and part of like. Being a performer, most performers I feel like are just people pleasers and you just want everyone to love you and like some you. Are, some are just fucking, like Ari Shafir is not a people pleaser. Right. Have you ever met Ari? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I th- I don't know him well at all. Yeah, okay. He's not, yeah. a, he's not a people pleaser. I don't think Segura is a people pleaser. Yeah. Do you think your comedy comes from people pleasing? Um, I think that the reason I continue to do it, because the lifestyle sure doesn't agree with my personality. I think the the need to be liked, be loved, be impressive is probably the root of it. Yeah. And just yeah. And just wanting wanting people to see like the best parts of you real real quick in a very controlled environment. Yeah. And I think early on you go, oh I'm really funny. Okay, I'll just be really funny at the highest level possible. And that'll be how people like me. And they can like me from over there. And then I don't have to so what's the goal? Do you want, like, the road is rough. Yeah. Doing the road road is rough. Yeah. Theaters seem like they're not as rough. They're just as fucking rough. Are they just as rough? Oh, the way I do it. And why yeah. am I going for that? See, no, the but, more no, you hear. What, 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 like, theaters are, I mean, I mean I, I'll tell you, my last theater run was aggressive. But you didn't have to do that many dates. Is yeah, the I other did. thing. No, you didn't. 100%. It's up to you, though. No, it's not. It's Why not. do you have to do that many dates? Because people want to see you. You better make hay while the sun shines. You okay? So, but that's you being afraid that yeah. it's going to dry up and it's going to end, which is fair. Yeah, I get that. I'm a catastrophe thinker. Yeah, it's I think dry that w- up. Uh, Segura still thinks. We both think. When's this going to dry up? When are people going to be done with us? When are we going to be the flavor of the week? Right. So save enough money to where. That's not as scary, maybe. I got that. I've then got you're that. fine. So, so, but then you go on another tour and you're like, they're like, we're adding shows. You're like, add all the shows you want. Add whatever you want. And I totally get that because yeah. I'm dealing with that at my level. Yeah. And I've had to take steps back and go, oh, I have to cancel some stuff because if I don't, I'm going to self destruct. So then what's the goal? Do you want to go in, do theaters twice a month, do a sitcom, have your own late night talk show? What, what's the goal? I mean, we have a show that we're developing that I would love to get made because it's very like personal and it's what I, well, I don't want to just like make anything. I don't have like, 
we had that ABC deal that didn't go that I was so glad it didn't go because it was really? just like a multicam sitcom, which I would have done. Like I would have yeah. done it to like learn which you gave me the best advice about it. I was like, it's just not going to go. And you're like, yeah, it probably won't. But who cares? Learn a bunch. And yeah. that's what I did. And I just enjoyed the process. But what we're working on now is like something I do feel passionately about. And I, I is feel this like the a, one with uh, your friends. No. Okay. No, no, no. Um, and yeah, I'd love for that to work out. I mean, I think it's going to ebb and flow. I mean, the goal has always been like to be able to tour theaters and travel with the support I want and, you know. Tour bus? I don't know. I don't know. so great. I know. I've been on it's Brian's. so great. Well, it no, no. To- when it's yours, mm-hmm. it's fucking next level. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that's better than flying everywhere. Oh, my yeah. God. But again, that's, you know, however far in the future. But yeah, the ultimate goal is like, I'd love to just be able to tour theaters and like make my own schedule. And I already kind of feel like that where it's like, yeah, you could be on the road every weekend if you wanted. And before I got the special, I was like, we got to go down to like two weekends a month so that I can not now. Yeah. But then I like scheduled all the stuff and then I've been having like this health shit and it was like, okay, so if I don't, I do actually have to maybe take a couple things off. I took like two weekends off where I was just like, okay, we have to not do this and just like run it in town really or something. Hard to do. It's really it's, hard to do. It's so hard to do because I have all those same feelings of like, okay, I have to make money now because it's all going to go away. I felt that way. I've been, I, I started doing comedy full time like almost five years ago when I was 21 and I, I just like this year felt like, oh, I'm a comedian now. Like it's not good. I don't have to go back to school. Like finally. And it's cause like next year is like all booked out too. And you're just oh, really? like, okay. Yeah. Like up until, up until the special comes out, it's all booked out. And then like from the special on is a bunch of dates in red that they're like, we'll negotiate that after the special, like that kind of thing. And you're just like, Oh, so like this idea that like, Oh, I'll have a break then. Like that's never going to be a thing. And just learning how to stand up for yourself and go, that's not going to be good for me. I, I don't want to do that because your your reps and it's their job to do this is to go like, this is why it would be good for you to do this. And you got to push back and go like, this is why I can't. And just just don't. And I mean, I do think I like we have a very nice team that is like, yeah, health comes first. And if you're really like, I can't do something, they're like, okay. Yeah. And there have been times that I was like, yeah, I can push through. I can push through. And Judy's amazing. Judy's like, Look, like, I'm in it for the long haul. Like, I'm here for your whole career, not yeah. just for you to make money now. Like, she's like, you want me to cancel? She's like, you tell me if you want me to cancel something. I'll cancel whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm in the ER right now. And she's like, yeah, no, well, they'll figure what it out. What are you in the ER for? Saturday. Yeah. I was Because I, I was taking new medication and... Uh, heart palpitations? Uh, No, it's like really... I don't think it was heart palpitations. My psychiatrist thinks it was giving me coronary spasms and I had very bad chest pain and everyone's like, maybe you're just anxious. And I was like, no, I'm not because I'm taking all these pills because I was up to like 10 of these pills a day because I was told I could take up to 30 and my chest hurts so bad. And I'm just in there like, I'm like, they're doing all these tests. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, could we maybe, I, I don't know. I'm still here. Shows in two hours. Like, I'm not sure. And she's like, yeah, I'll call them. I think they'll get it. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. Like they're injecting me with some painkiller. Maybe that'll help. Like, I don't know. Like, I just like, Cause I love you so much. You don't you know you don't know how much I care about you. I really do. No. And I want I just want I want I want you to relax in this because you're like Judy says you're here for the long haul. Yeah. You're here for the long haul too. 
Right. And you're not going anywhere. This is, this career, this. But if you feel like that, can you imagine how I would feel like that? Because you feel like that and you really aren't going anywhere. And I'm coming up to hopefully get to a place where I can go, all right, I can relax. But if that never happens for any of us. It's going to happen. You got to decide now. I, I mean, I think I'm a pretty good judge in comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I can I can definitely say like, oh, this this guy's this guy or girl is going to go big. I can see that mm-hmm. happening. I've yeah. thought that about you since day one. That's very since nice. day one. You've consistently every time you've worked with me, just murdered. Every time you've been put in pressure situations, you rose to the top. I'm telling you when I say this, you're in this for the long haul. I just want you to like. I want. I want to like kidnap you take you to a beach get you drunk and and just go and then let you like let you just go <sighs> yeah well, i mean it's 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 that's what i said when i when i tried weed for the first time i was like is this how everyone else feels yeah i'm like this is is this how everyone else feels just like calm weed's probably the best thing for you it honestly is and i need to just like kind of accept that yeah and have this, weed's like, the best thing for you and yeah. and do you are you working out mm-hmm What's, you have to. Are you eating healthy? Yeah. You were like, I, I, how can I, how, how, I mean, like, I'm like fucking frustrated because I go, you just need to, you need to be, pre- you need Leanne. You need to fucking talk to Leanne. I'm not yeah. even joking. Yeah, because Leanne's so good at going like, like, she'll say to me sometimes, I'll say something and I'll be in my head and I'll have mm-hmm. panic attacks. She's just go, oh, you're out of integrity. And you're like, what? Hmm. She's like, oh, you're out of integrity. Leanne is so fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to go hang out in the house for a little bit after this. Okay. Because I also want to talk to you about your hour. Okay, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but Leanne's the fucking best. Yeah. You know what we'll do? We're, we're trying to buy a new house. I mean, we're going to get a, a, it's getting a fifth bedroom, and I'll put a bedroom in there <laughs> so that when you feel like you need stability, <laughs> you can come off the road. I won't be there. You just come to our house, yeah. and you just be like this older sister that sees George and Isla. You'll be comfortable hugging Isla. You know how to ask for it. And George will be like, um, I really like that top. Where did you get that? And Leanne can make you breakfast, and you can feel like you're fucking grounded. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. Leanne's fucking... Leanne... Leanne might... You know, I think... I think when and if you find what I found in Leanne, when you find that partner that's mm-hmm. just fucking down for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, Leanne's just literally an amazing. I got so fucking lucky. Yeah, you are so lucky. I mean, yeah. I think every comedian wants a Leanne. Oh, thank God I got her pregnant. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So you take yeah. the special when? How long have we been going? November tenth. Oh, good. One forty. Yeah. November tenth. What, what's, what's your schedule like? You gotta get out of uh, here. I gotta leave by five fifteen, so I have some time. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Um, what was I saying? Uh, November tenth. You November tenth. Yeah, Great. at the Aladdin Theater in Portland. That's a good month to record specials. Yeah. Me, Jim Jeffries, Tom Segura. All Taylor recording Thomason, in November. All recording in November. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope the comedy gods have the comedy gods are taking care of us in November. Yeah, of course they like, will. We've of course been they will. Busy. We're focusing on people You're, who are going to be here forever. Were you doing it in Portland? The Aladdin. The Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Nice. How many is that seat? Like five fifty. Five. I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do it in a big one. No. You want? Hey, listen. If you are a fan of mine and you live in Portland, mm-hmm. November tenth, go out and see her at the Aladdin. We'll tell. We'll put this at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. But go out and support her. 
Give her a standing ovation when she comes out on stage. Give her a standing ovation when she leaves the Just stage. Just fake it. Just no, they're not. They don't need to fake it. You will fucking love Taylor. Taylor is literally one of the best comics working, without a doubt. Your material is edgy when it needs to be, clean when it needs to be, and across the board, you're the. I mean, you're that that blowjob joke I had of Leanne's. You're the reason oh, I put that yeah. in the special. You're like it's a great blowjob joke, and I'm. Like, I remember looking at you. We were in. We were in uh, Phoenix, and I was like, wait. Oh, you, yeah. For real? And you're like, oh, it's a great joke. And I was like, I thought it was pretty lowbrow. And you're like, no, it's really a great joke. I'd keep it in. Yeah, because you like, weren't, I don't think you were starting with it or no. something. And I was like, that goes in the special. Great. Yeah. Done. And so, I mean, I, I trust you impeccably when it comes to material. I have a joke I'm going to run by you. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if I'm, but, <laughs> um, and if there's any dates that you're off and you want to hop on and do run some material, you know, my tour is wide open Oh, that'd to be you. great, yeah. Whenever, like, if you're like, ooh, that's actually, I wouldn't mind hopping up, I'm in town that weekend or whatever. Yeah. Open door policy, you know. Oh, I, you. know, I absolutely you. love you. That's very nice. And I mean you. that, there's very few people I genuinely care about, <laughs> and, and I want to see you succeed, I want to see you blow up, I oh, can't wait you. for it. Thank you, and then we can come back here and I can talk about how I'm not handling it well. <laughs> no, just kind of. Just let go I, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it, 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 we'll. we'll <laughs> I feel like I've been enough around. I've been an, around enough successful people, uh, like you, Brian. You know, whoever. Like you, you see enough people who are successful who are like doing things the right way. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you. So Whitney Cummings was running her, was doing her special in D.C. when I was at the D.C. Improv. Yeah. And she ran like ten minutes on one of my shows, the Thursday show. And like, ask the manager if she could first off. And the manager's like, is it cool if Whitney comes? I'm like, Whitney Cummings could do the whole fucking show. Like, yeah. I, she doesn't have to ask her to tell me why. She comes in. She's like, thank you so much for letting me do a guest set. Like, I really appreciate it. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm nobody. Like, of course you can do Timmy. She does like exactly 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. She like gives me a shout out on her Instagram. She sends flowers to my hotel room the next day. Whitney's a baller. She's so, I was like. How do you even have time to be this good of a person? She is, she is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, I I came out of it going like, I mean, and I'd asked her, I asked her for advice the other day and she's like, yeah, call me when you start meeting with people about such and such. And I'll by the way, by know. the way, lean on Whitney. She yeah. is a great asset. I've know that I know for a fact that I, I value her friendship a lot because I throw stuff her way mm -hmm. when I go like, Hey, I'm like, I got this project and I was like nervous and I, I was like, hey, can I talk to you about this? Mm -hmm. And ran it by her. And you can see Whitney's brain works on. She has different, many different hats. She's yeah. born in this business. And you can watch her put on a different hat. And you can see it in her eyes. And she's like, yeah. Um, I like, okay. I like that. I like this. I'm going to go. I, I think you need to go forward with this. I think without a doubt. Now, here's why. And and I was yeah. like, oh, my God. I was like, thank God I got you in my life. Yeah. And so lean on that. Yeah. To be that, like, smart and successful and also, like, that kind and considerate and cool and just like I was like you know you could have just done this show like you could have just yeah. run it and she's like oh she's like well the first time I ever headlined somebody like bumped me and it was horrible and like I'm like the fact that you even still think about that you're so huge like you could literally I'm like I would not have been mad at all I would yeah. have been like sure thanks can I do a spot like yeah just yeah. So when I see people like you know, like you, Brian, Whitney, Conan is another one who's Conan like, loves you. Oh, you know what Conan's I got? Amazing. That I, you know what I have? Fuck, I have great footage 
of me and the girls and Leanne and Conan talking about you backstage. Oh, really? Oh my God, I gotta oh, get that to you. Oh, that's so nice. I gotta get that to you. I have it on, a, I'm sure it's on a computer. I gotta find that. Oh, that's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta so get that nice. to you. I have great footage of going, he brought you up. He's like, you used to work with Taylor. And I went, oh my God, I absolutely love her. And Leanne's like, oh my God, she is so funny. Oh, that's And really And nice. Conan was like, oh my God, isn't she the best? And we just talked positive about you. And, and we were I don't film- even need to see the video now. Oh, it's great. And we were filming the whole time. I got to oh, get you that. That's really nice. I'll yeah, watch gotta, that We got to talk about your hour, how the yes. structure of your hour. Yes. We got to talk about uh, what you're going to do to promote it. Yeah. Um, uh, your, uh, your dance video. Everyone's like freaking out over that. That was a good It's uh, so good. Thank you. Let's was that your it. idea? So I sold some tickets. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters to me. Sold some <laughs> tickets. I just, I, all I give a fuck about is people come and see me live. That's it. That's yeah. all it. And if, if, me getting in a speedo and dancing, or me do, doing whatever the fuck it takes to to sell some tickets. Yeah, I'm fucking in. Yeah, I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with it. I am a silly fucking person. I don't need to be the coolest guy in the room. I'm not yeah. a badass. But you are really cool, and you are a badass. I'm just <laughs> so, a fucking goofball. You know you're cool though. I've heard you say that. You're like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm oh, like, a oh cool. yeah, I've always been cool my whole life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not concerned about being cool, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> I've always been cool my whole life. You are you're like your your whole personality is like a sleepover. Like I think you should call your next hour. Hey, you know what we should do? Oh my god. That's you are the, you're a human sleepover. Oh, that's just like you know what would be awesome. Oh you know what god. would be great? That like that like excited anticipation. Even like me who's terrified of doing fun things, hearing you go, you know what would be great? Is like something in you goes like, "Oh, what would be great?" Oh, that's fucking great. I love that yeah. human sleepover. I might have to call that my, my special human sleepover. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you walk like, into a room and everyone's like, "Let's let's braid some hair and make some s'mores, and throw someone in the pool." Oh, I love throwing people in the pool. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. I like blocked punts and throwing yeah. people in the pool. If I saw you at a barbecue and I didn't know anything about you, I'd be like, "I'm gonna steer clear of that guy." You got it near the gotta, pool. You've got to hear Tom Segura's story about the first time he had sex with a. And it's, it's a long story, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to get you. I, I got to introduce you to Tom. You don't know Tom, do no. you? No. I got to introduce you to Tom. He, he 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 needs you on his podcast. He. I know. I know Christina. She's awesome. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm yeah. gonna see him tomorrow. I'm gonna say there's two people, Jim Jeffries and you, that he needs to get on his podcast. Oh, that's nice. Him, his podcast is funny as shit. What yeah, he does it with is. Push, and they just have people on and show them fucking horrific videos that Tom thinks are fucking <laughs> hilarious. And you are perfect for that. You <laughs> are. I'm fucking, horrified by everything. Oh yeah, and and then you yeah. know he's just gonna go like, uh, so on the road. How much did Bert eat? Right. <laughs> I fuck, huh? Right, right, right. <laughs> Fucking great. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, thanks Thank for doing you the for podcast. Having me. Anytime. Anytime. I really appreciate you it. You know, I you know that I mean this when I say this, and I, I absolutely adore you. I want the best things in life for you. Thank you. Yeah. That's really Come on, nice. let's go talk to my family. Yeah, let's do it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.